0: Yeah, I don't know what uh, it, whatever it is, it's not right on the teleprompter. I don't know what that is. I've never seen that.:
1: What don't you f- understand?:
0: I can't read it. There's no, there's no words on it.
1: For sake, man, you're amateur. There's yeah. no words there. What does gundam mean? What don't you get about it? I don't know what that means. For fuck's sake. think for one fucking second. All
0: right, go, go. But uh, uh, That's tomorrow, and that is a. At...
1: No. Yes, five. All right,
0: let's go four, game. Three. That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today. And we will leave you with a. I can't do it. This is the second time that he doesn't. We'll do give it in. live. Okay. Let's go
1: again. We'll do it live. <laughs> do it live. I can. I'll write it, and we'll do it live. Seriously, man, you and me, we're <laughs> f- done. Gundam it sucks. I'm gonna f***ing kick
2: your f***ing ass. You know oh shut God. up, for-
3: everybody, uh, welcome to the, uh, Gundam live broadcast from Megacon in Orlando. My, my name is, uh, Chris Guanche, I'm one of the co-founders of MHQ.net and, uh, one of the co-hosts of Gundam and I'm joined by my usual partners in crime just uh, roll yourself down the line boys
4: Uh, Neo, Dale So bro you
3: right, and uh, this is our second year doing a uh, live broadcast from MegaCon, we're going to be uh doing a couple of segments today across the next two hours we want to throw out some topics that will involve some audience participation and if you stick around at the end to ask some questions you could win one of three ten dollar gift certificates for florida oriental trading they're inside the dealer's room and you can use it for some great merchandise oh uh sobro why don't you uh take over for us
2: well
5: um if you uh, uh, I'm, I'm sure if, um, all of you are familiar with the podcast, but um, it's basically centers around um, mecha shows, in a, uh, mainly mecha anime. Um, we primarily, of course, talk about Mobile Suit Gundam and all its many series um, Also, um, we talk about other mecha shows, like the, um, some of the latest ones, like Gurren Lagann and, and, um, and Code Geass, if you're familiar with that.
3: on uh, That's right, that's right. <laughs> Give it up for Lelouch and so
5: diabolical
3: What, Suzaku's a bitch?
4: (laughs) Suzaku did it.
5: But um, if anything, um, also we talk about classic shows like um, Armor Trooper Voltones, and um, uh, eventually we'll get to, we also talked about, um, uh, sorry, uh, Dragonar, and other series like that, and um, soon we'll talk about other ones as well. But um, basically that's the gist of our show, we also talk about the anime industry as well, and we're... We'll probably branch out to other subjects from time to time, but he usually stays within the realm of anime or sci fi. But um, I'm Sobro you, of course. My real name is Adam, and uh, welcome to the show.
4: What well, you
5: guys have? And I'll pass it on to the next person.
4: How <laughs> about <laughs> you, Dale? You're next in line. What do you want to put? <laughs> <there>? <laughs> I don't know. What, it's a bit of a different talk show today.
3: Robots? Absolutely. Japan. We're probably
0: going to kick it off. What we are doing? that 30th anniversary yes. is coming yeah. up very soon, and we'd like to start it off with a little bit of that.
3: 30th anniversary of a particular franchise uh, called Gundam. Maybe some of you in the audience have heard of it.
0: No? Oh, come on.
3: <laughs> Real, it's, a, it's a rather obscure franchise that only has like a gazillion episodes, but I guess it's not too popular over here. You
4: guys? <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Are can, okay. can you
3: all hear me now? Shout if you're alive. If you're a zombie, Shout.
0: They're distracted by the drawing. Oh,
4: yeah.
3: Okay, we've got <laughs> zombies in this crowd. So, just to uh, kick things off, we're going to be talking about the 30th anniversary of Gundam. The show started up in Japan in April 1979. So, if you do your math, today's February 28th. We're pretty close to the, that 30th anniversary. And if you follow uh, Gundam news, a new Gundam project was just announced earlier this week. If you're familiar with the original series and the One Year War, there's going to be a new project that's set in the immediate aftermath featuring a Federation task force hunting down Xeon remnants from the one-year war. We don't know what the name of the show is yet or any of the details. It's probably going to be a short OAV series, and we'll be getting some more information once Gundam 00 ends within a few weeks. So, uh, Neo, why don't you uh, give us some thoughts about the Gundam 30th anniversary and this uh, new project?
4: Well, I mean, basically... um you know, the the rumors have been going on for a while that there'd be a new uh, UC show, and uh, for a while there we really didn't hear anything, and now that we got some of the stuff coming out that's on the internet, and they're doing it in a little different way than what they normally do, uh, usually they show like the actual title of the show, and then, you know, the length and everything, and then give you more of the specifics. Um, This way they're actually giving us what the characters look like, you know, actually showing what the title suit's going to be, but we don't know what it's going to be called or, um, you know, even how long or what type of show it's going to be, if it's going to be like a, a short series, a regular long 50-episode series. So uh, it's kind of nice because we get to go back to UC, and I'm, I'm glad that they are going back to basically the time period that started the franchise. And it seems like there's been a lot of renewed interest with Gundam, especially with O. And, you know, even with Destiny and uh, Gundam Seed a couple of years ago. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's good to see that they're uh, returning back to the roots. And, you know, we'll just kind of wait and see because it seems like Sunrise is kind of hitting it out of the park after 00 and then Code Geass and some of these other shows that they've been showing lately. So, um, you know, other
3: than that. Uh, Dale, you haven't seen as much Gundam as some of us, but uh, from what you have seen, what do you think about uh, the fact that this franchise is hitting the 30-year mark?
0: Well, obviously, I mean, Gunham is one of the original shows that started this whole thing, and, you know, it's, it is an awesome, I agree with Neo as well, going back to the Universal Century is a good way to commemorate the 30th anniversary, and it's nice because Mecca's recently on the upswing with all the shows we just mentioned. There's so many good ones to watch right now, and just, I'm looking forward to getting more details as you are. So right now, we don't know a whole lot about the new show,
4: but definitely looking forward to seeing what it's going to be. It's probably good, though, that we don't. Um, you know, it, it, you can definitely see that they're going to have... They've actually lost one of the clichés that Gundam is always, you know, associated with, and that's uh, accidental on the teenage pilot because... Uh, <laughs> don't we, count that out yet. <laughs> well, we did... The, 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 you're you're going to regret those words probably <laughs> in a little while. Hopefully not, but... um. But uh, the two characters, kind of the biography that they've released so far of it's a man and a woman. I don't know their names off the top of my head right now, but I believe the man's about in his mid-30s or early 30s and the woman's in her mid-20s. And it looks like the Xeon antagonist is going to be actually, you know, not a teen, but in his early 20s too. So I believe I would kind of... Surmise that um, just as with a lot of franchises in America, like Star Wars and all that, where everybody 's grown older, you know everybody that watched the stuff when they were kids and now they 're older, it looks like um, you know Sunrise, the producers of Gundam are actually figuring out that you know all these kids that grew up in the '80s and 90s watching these Gundam shows you know they 're older people. I am glad though that there is no um, so far as we can surmise, no accidental TH pilot and the other my other favorite, uh, Gundam mecha anime cliche, keys left in the ignition. So,
3: well, the keys will always be left in the ignition, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's kind of reflected in, uh, if in our audience, anyone is watching the recent OAV series, MS Igloo 2, the sequel to the, uh, MS Igloo from a few years ago. And, uh, there's no kids anywhere. There's no, uh, keys in the ignition. There's not even any Gundams.
4: It's a bunch of, uh,
3: Things that explode and test pilots who die, and it's all gritty and sad.
4: And space Nazis.
3: And space Nazis, lots and lots of
4: space Nazis. Which is something I hope they don't have in this new show. You know, I like the subtleness of kind of the Nazi German themes in the original show, but I hope that they don't do what they did in Igloo and make everybody into some uber psychotic Nazi guy
3: with SS uniforms flying around in mobile suits and, and crinking the leather in their gloves just so they can, like, hear their gloves making noise
4: because they're such fetishists. And uber-Germanic names. But um, as uh, Soul is trying to crash our show, um, since he's back, do you have any thoughts of the uh, 30th anniversary of um, Gundam, especially some of the things we've seen with uh, the new show that's being tentatively announced?
5: Well, the new show looks pretty good. I mean, I've I, actually... Um, I mean, we know very little about it, but they're bringing it <laughs> back to old school, which I think is really nice. And, um, I mean, like, like Neo and, and Chris had said, they don't have the accidental teenage pilot this time. You got, you got well-trained pilots. You got an interesting story about a timeline in Gundam, or a time in Gundam we don't know much about, which is in between the first series and um, an OVA series called um, 0083, a Stardust Memory. So um, we get to find out what builds up to that, and it looks like it's going to be interesting. It has the potential to be. I mean, we don't even know if it's going to be uh, an OVA or a TV show or or whatnot, but um, (laughs) I'm excited about it. It looks cool, and um, hopefully it's going to be uh, just as exciting as we hope.
3: And uh, personally, I'm very glad that uh, this franchise is alive and well, and there's so many possibilities of what they could do. So, uh, of course, you're always going to have some people uh, jumping on uh, the bandwagon of criticism and saying, oh, why are they doing another side story set after the, the one-year war? But, you know, I'm, I'm intrigued and I want to see what's going to happen before I jump to any conclusions. Uh, similarly, on the lines of line of this 30th anniversary, since it's still airing in this 30th anniversary year, uh, what are you guys thinking so far as a whole since we haven't discussed everything about it, season two of Double O?
4: Well, it's uh, kind of continued on where it was. Um you know I, I like that we it was really the first show that we had where we actually saw how a federation was created and that was at the end of season 1 and now we kind of see the growing pains that you have with doing um you know trying to unify a whole world um it it's still kind of following a lot of the conventions of most of the Gundam shows um you know it's it still has Kind of the accidental, we've not necessarily had too many accidental pilots, but we have a few that are kind of being brought in. Um, The intensity of, you know, a lot of the battles and a lot of the social commentary when it comes to uh, things within government, um, you know, things with like kind of mirroring today with like jihadism and terrorism and how those things can affect things. Um, you know, once again, it's kind, of ste- it's kind of following along in all the other Gundams where they've always... I mean, as, as much as Gundam's been kind of an entertainment facet, it's also been social commentary. And what I think what makes it popular with a lot of people is it keeps a good balance of social commentary and, you know, being an entertaining show. It doesn't... There are some versions that have gotten a little preachy, but... You know, I think uh Gundam Double O is kind of you know avoided that because just a little preachy. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Why don't you name some names?
4: Well, um first one that would come to mind would be um Gundam Wing with uh, the idea of total pacifism. Um you know, and and that you know after a while it's like yeah that's that's an ideal, but uh, in, in the time and in, in the environment that we're talking about, it just doesn't seem, ju- you know, it doesn't seem like it's going to work. Especially when everybody that's crying about it is doing everything in the... to, to not achieve total pacifism, so. But uh, Solbro, any thoughts on uh, second season of Double um, O?
5: Unlike, unlike um, the loudest voices on the internet, um I got to say that the second season of Double O has been exciting. A lot of things have come to fruition now from the first season where you know, they planted these seeds, and now you're seeing a lot of things come to pass. You're seeing everything come to a head with all the characters now. And, of course, my, my boy Saji is represented, so, you know.
3: he <laughs> got devoted from being your man to now just your boy? For, for those who don't know, uh, there's a very long-running joke about Solbro um, having affectation for... Uh, Weak-willed losers from pretty much every and any mecha series, <laughs> and they're affectionately called soul Ooh, excuse me, men."
4: That's my chair. Sorry.
3: So, uh, <laughs> we know that you didn't come here just to hear us talk for two hours. So now it's going to be your turn. Our uh, our man Devon over here, Bill Hello, Devon, he's got the wireless mic. So raise your hands and he's going to come around, and we want to hear what your opinion is, what you think about the 30th anniversary of uh, Gundam, what you think about either season of 00, uh, what you think about this new Gundam project that was just announced with some scant details. Hi, what's your name? Hey, I'm Matt. Uh,
6: I mean, like, 0081's cool, but, I mean, they did the hunting, the Xeon thing. I mean, that's why the Titans were formed from 0083 to Zeta. But it's like, why not show that part and do, like, Advanced of Zeta, I'm saying... Cause I think it could be more exciting because, like, you know, after W Eight Three, you had the GPO Three and the Dendrobium and then they just went off from there and made all these other like mm-hmm. add-ons, and that's really cool. I think it's more exciting than what this would be.
3: Well, to to flip that around, uh, the thing about this uh, this untitled show, which just for the sake of um of shortness, we'll call it Gundam 0081, even though that's not the official title. Um, what could be interesting about this show is that we've never seen the immediate aftermath of the one-year war. Yeah. It was shown very briefly in that uh, epilogue episode of 8th MS Team. But we've never seen exactly like the devastating effects immediately after the war. So, you know, rather than uh, being like 83 or Zeta where you're hunting down uh... zion like guerrillas and leftovers this is sort of like immediately after the war so you probably have some units that still think of themselves as you know with their righteous cause and having like strict you know military formation whereas in double eighty three if you saw that show you had people like uh... you know sema and her uh... you know beefcake zion guys you know, just running around doing whatever, and really not much of like a military unit. Um, When it comes to advance of Zeta, the the thing is, you know, I see this all the time, and I I share some of these uh, these feelings. I see fans saying, why don't they do advance of Zeta? Why don't they do Sentinel, or Unicorn, or Crossbone, or all these things? But the thing is that in these last 30 years, uh, Sunrise has really never, ever adapted anything that existed in some other form into an anime you know they're kind of uh, strange in that regard because so much anime comes from either light novels or manga or some other form but um, in the case of gunman they've never done that so it would have to be a, like a really big precedent for them to you know, break that tradition to animate something that already exists especially because they're out to always sell you new model kits yeah. they've already made a whole bunch of model kits for all of the series that i've just mentioned so what more could they possibly milk out of them other than to redesign them all? So that's why I think we'll always see more new stories rather than, say, an adaptation of something else. So uh, someone else has a question. I believe the gentleman in the green shirt raised his hand. I have two questions. What's your name? Clifton. Clifton.
5: One question is about Double-O Gundam. Why did um, the main innovator... Double mm-hmm. um, O, why did he come to save Setsuna if he knew? If
7: he well,
3: knew... Uh, ribbons? Yeah. Okay. Um, this is explained in, in Season 2. Uh, he was doing a um, test of the O Gundam, which, if you haven't seen Double O, uh, is sort of like almost an exact duplicate of the original Gundam from the first series. And he was doing a military test, and he was supposed to kill everyone who was present so there would be no witnesses to a Gundam showing up. But then he was looking down and saw young Setsuna and the way that Setsuna was looking up with him with adoration um, left him a very deep impression and he on a whim decided to spare Setsuna. Some people have theorized that uh, the way that Setsuna was looking at him and the O Gundam caused him to sort of develop like a bit of a god complex. Which there kind of is some support for, because Ribbons is always looking down on humanity as being like this childlike race that he is the one that has to personally shepherd them into their future. So that's the answer to uh, that question. You had another one too? And the, number,
4: the second one is the new Gundam series. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, heard, like, I heard some news about it, but like, do you know when, when the release date is or anything, like the new Gundam series? I heard um, stuff about it, but I just want to know, like, if there's a release date or anything coming this year or next year. Oh, the, the, the UC show that we were talking about? Yeah. Um, all that we kind of know so far is what's been on the uh, Internet and what we just kind of spoke of. Um, I believe in April's when they're really going to start giving us the specifics of, you know, um, what the actual... Uh, the length and, um, you know, some more details, and even the title of the show, so, um, you know, it's just, you know, it looks like, basically, they're doing what any production company would do. They're just riding on the coattails of O, you know, the excitement, and then slowly just releasing this stuff. I mean, look at, look at, like, regular movies now. Um, you know, you, we see stuff every so often, and then they slowly kind of bring it out, so... Um, you know, go to Chris's website, mhq.net. Um, you know, there's uh, GundamNews.net, and um, even on our other podcasts, we're always going to, you know, give you information as we find out ourselves, because it is probably just going to be slowly spooned out. I mean, this is a big event, so I'm sure they're going to, you know, try to treat this with kid gloves.
3: If I had to uh, hazard a guess, I would say it would probably be a six to twelve episode of OAV. And in Japan, anime companies, they really, uh, compared to American movie studios or TV studios, they don't really announce things that far in advance, except for, like, a really, really big project. So you usually only hear about something within maybe two or three months of it actually coming out. So I would say we'll get a release very soon, within the next uh, few months on this series. And... um, This definitely will not be the only project. Back uh, 10 years ago when you had the 20th anniversary of Gundam, you had both the Turn A Gundam TV series and the um, G-Savior live-action movie. This being the big 30th, I don't doubt that we'll hear later on about a new Gundam show starting up, say, in October. And we'll probably have something else as well. There's going to be a whole bunch of stuff that Sunrise is going to be pimping out for this. So we'll take a couple of more questions, and then we're going to wrap up this segment and go to break. Uh, yes, sir, what's your name? My name is Jonathan.
8: Uh, based off what you've seen online with the new UC, what do you think the possibility of that show showing the actual foundation
0: for the Titans is going to be?
3: Well, since that's pretty much been covered in 0083, there's really not much more that, that can be done. I mean, if they were to do a story that was kind of like Advance of Zeta, you know, they could do things like the 30 bunch, some of the, the build-up. But since we sort of already have, you know, the origin story of the Titans in 0083, I don't know what else they would do in uh, regards to that. Uh, next question.
8: Who's uh, next? Yes, sir, what's your name? When do you think they're going to animate um, the side stories for 00?
3: Um, like I said... Uh, in answer to the the previous question, Sunrise really doesn't tend to um, animate manga or photo novel side stories. They haven't done it for, you know, the last 30 years. So, you know, the side stories, Double P, and V, I really wouldn't expect them to ever be animated. Of course, you do see cameos from yeah. suits from all of those shows in... The, uh, the anime in both seasons 1 and 2 of 00, particularly uh, 00V suits. If you look closely, you can see some cameos, but that's the most you're going to see. And that's the same thing they did with Seed and Destiny. Yeah. You never saw, um, you know, astray characters, but there were plenty of MSV and astray mobile suits that made brief blink-and-you-miss cameos yeah. in both those shows.
4: I mean, the only way you'd probably actually see stuff like that would be, like, in uh, Seed Stray*. They had some model shorts. They were, like, f- four or five minutes long of red frame and blue frame. And, um, you know, they were just kind of showing, you know, the, the suit and, you know, it had a very minimal, minimal story. And most of it was just showing uh, what the suit could do and, and a lot of the different weapons. So, um, you know... Yeah. (laughs) I keep getting lost here. Is this one on? That matters.
3: Okay, uh, next question. Who has the mic? Yes, what's your name, sir? Eddie, uh, Chains of Guns on the Talk forums. Oh, welcome.
7: Uh, All right. Yeah, I was wondering, uh, on Gundam 00, uh, did Aeolio Schoenberg make the, uh,
3: the innovators, like, all of them, or did he just make, like, ribbons and ribbons made the rest? Okay, I'll give you my theory, as well as some facts, and then you guys can can kick out your theories. Um, We know that the innovators are bioterminals produced by VEDA, and we know from a recent episode that um, Ribbons made all of the other innovators, and that he sees them sort of as being on a level below him, because he tells uh, Regine Rajet that he's going to be the one that leads humanity into the new age, not the innovators. Uh, Tierra seems to be quite different from the rest of them, so here's my personal theory, which I was going to throw on the podcast anyway. Um, I believe that Aeolia Schenberg made only two innovators, uh, one being Tierra and the other, Ribbons. Tierra, I think he specifically made to um, not know what he is so that he has to uh, discover what humanity is and what it is to be human and to help shepherd humanity along as being one of them whereas he made ribbons knowing what he innovators to sort of be his minions which is pretty much what they are because he just uses them as mobile suit grunt pilots and sees the grand plan as being something that he will accomplish.
4: Yeah, I would probably um I'd agree on some of those points. It does seem like um, Ribbons and Tiara are kind of like um, the yin and the yang, where, you know, one is self-aware and one is not. And it's one of these things that it's you can tell throughout that it, Elio Schenberg is very smart and had a lot of contingency plans, except for putting bulletproof glass on his crypt. Um, but... Um, I I think the reason why he did that is because of the danger of even though the innovators are genetically engineered or however they're engineered, they still have human components, so they would still have to kind of deal with the human vices. And it almost, to me, it would almost seem like if one of them got out of line and not did, you know, didn't go the way they were supposed to, the other one would take care of them. And I kind of see that in this point right here. With um, ribbons. And, but unfortunately, I think Tiari is supposed to c- come after him, but he didn't know until too late. And that's why we have where we're at. But um, you know, that's kind of my theory on the uh, whole innovator thing. Dale? Well, actually, I'd like to announce that we have
0: some extra prizes. If you notice that arrived at <laughs> the desk here, I don't know if you noticed this Y19, YF19 model kit,
5: which is provided to us from um, Anime Figures. We also um, have a DVD here from, um, it's, uh, it's the um, DVD of uh, Metal Skin Panic, Maddox 01. Um, we'll be giving this out at the end of the show, and we have the complete collection of uh, oh, what is it? Cyborg 009-1. So, um... <laughs> But um, we'll be back in a few moments. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. And we'll be right back here at Gundam at MAHQ. Yeah.
2: That's Gundam.
7: What the f*** do they think they are? Little kids being their heads f <laughs> blown off. And Clash! Just because like six press. people decided to actually listen to their Gundam show. I got news for you, man. All these people killing and shit, not because of video games. It's because of Gundam. But not on our show. Sitting there putting together theme parks and shit. Yeah. For what? A giant-ass robot? For what? I mean, seriously. You can't even use a robot in battle. It's too big of a target. And well, how the fuck are going to spend billions of money on this? Where mm-hmm. well, only, like, pre-pubescent boys can pilot it. Yeah, really. And I'm 27, man. I'm out of the running. <laughs> their entrance f- exam is f- hosted by Bear. Yeah. I thought their entrance exam was just, like, a Pokemon build. Nah, dude, it's pedal bear. Pedal bear, you walk up to him and you'll f- say, "Too old, too old." <laughs> that I am.
2: <laughs> <laughs> too old.
7: You can't pilot this mech. Get out of here! Ridiculous. Oh yeah, and one other thing: white base sucks, dude. I'm <laughs> sorry. I don't know who to. F- I mean, they go all out designing these f- Gundams, but who the f designed these ships? <laughs> <laughs> Looks like a flying kitchen counter. I'm sorry. <laughs> The white the white base looks like a flight two car garage. And there's people on the internet who go on saying that's the greatest design ever. They have the cockpit on the very <laughs> top. Yeah, that's logistically all by, like, sound. Like all by itself. And, I don't know. <laughs> I don't don't know guys just shoot at that damn I don't know if you can crash into something crash into that seriously who the hell is a genius that designed a gun tank
3: that's just hot in the bag right there dude
7: let me tell you something all you have to do is take your car and put a head on top of it guess what you got a gun tank (laughs) that's not a robot dude what What? gun damn do to you it sucks
2: Next on level nine uh, moving on. Best RPG. <laughs> best RPG. Ooh, this will be tough. I'm
7: already freaking absolutely, absolutely pissed by just skimming over this. <laughs> sh-. You have no idea. Fable oh. two, Fall Three, Warhammer Online, Age of The wrecking. World Ends With You. For the DS Of all the f- <laughs> RPGs that came <laughs> out this year. The world ends You put a MMORPG in here. Okay, and The World Ends With You. Now, The World Ends With You got some high ratings. I didn't play it, but people loved it. Where the f*** is Tales of Vesperia? No comment. You know, where the hell's that one, which was a really highly rated RPG that came out for the 360? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, even I'm even shocked that freaking Infinite Undiscovery's not on here. Yeah, that's Um, true. Did Lost Odyssey not come out this year?
6: It did, I think.
7: Yeah, I think so. You know, I, I really can't remember. It's, it's It boggles the f- mind. Infinite Undiscovery was, um... I wouldn't put by, that in here. It was, by most, though, it was kind of underwhelming. Yeah, I wouldn't put that in here, but seriously, you know, like... Uh, seriously, Tales of Vesperia, uh... This will probably go to Fable. You even have, um, another Tales of Symphonia that came out for the Wii. Just recently came out. It just boggles the mind. Mm. Fable 2, I can understand. Fall mm. 3, I can understand. Warhammer Online, our agent, should not be in this. <laughs> should not effing be in this. Yeah. I am so... Sorry. Why don't they just have an MMO category? Yeah. Especially now. I mean, MMOs have been around long enough. uh, World of Warcraft, World of Warcraft, Burning Crusade, (laughs) World of Warcraft, Wrath of the Lynch King, and Warhammer, and Age of Conan. Winner goes to uh, (laughs) World of Warcraft, Wrath of the Lynch King. I can't believe it beat up Burning Crusade. But anyway, it just boggles (laughs) my mind that you have those two in here. You can't play in the man's
1: game, you can't close them, then go home and tell your wife your troubles. I'll correct you, you dumb damn grown-up! (laughs)
4: Well, this will be the second segment. Uh, This is uh, Gundam at MHQ live at Megacon 2009. Uh, I'm one of the hosts, Neo. And like we said earlier, um, for all those people that are new to uh, the panel here and and new to uh, this is pretty much their first time they've heard the show. We mostly do speak about mecha anime, particularly Macross and Gundam and stuff, but we also kind of do a lot of generalized uh, topics, and, and we're getting a little bit more into that now. And, and one of the topics we're going to do right now is it's going to be pretty interactive, so um, we want everybody out there to participate. Um, and we're going to start off here uh, with some of the stuff that we, um, you know, and basically the topic that we're going to be talking about is you always hear from your friends, like, anime shows that you should see, well, we're going to be talking about ones that we have seen that nobody out there should see. Um, you know, in a lot of ways, you, won't, you know, it, it, sometimes it's, it's nice to be, you know, mean to your friends because you're like, I was put through hell watching this for 26 or 50 episodes. You should go through the same hell as I did. But, <laughs> but some of these, uh, but sometimes it's probably better just to, um, you know, let, de- let dead dogs lie. Um, but... Um, we 're going to go off here and i 'm going to hit Chris first, um, Chris, can you give us an example of maybe one or two uh, animes that you have seen that nobody out there should see? They should maybe a- avoid it like SARS or the plague or uh... Uh, One that I would sort of call the, the flesh eating
3: bacteria <laughs> of of anime <laughs> is uh, a show that was so bad that when I saw it, it almost made me swear off of anime completely. And that is a, a little uh, gem of a piece of crap called M.D. Geist. Oh,
4: yes. I think that's going to be on a lot of people's lists.
3: This show, I've only seen the first part. Because God save us all, <laughs> they made a second. Because apparently it was popular enough in America that they commissioned a second one. Uh, this yeah, show yeah, was yeah. so bad. I mean, it's, it's sort of like the worst of everything that was awesome in the 80s. <laughs> like everything you liked in the 80s Like crazy guys with mohawks Killing each other and ripping each other to shreds And ultra-violence and The show has all of that But it still sucks regardless <laughs> It's just a horrible, horrible series uh, It's got a guy In this like kind of cool like Power armor that uh, became The company spokesmecca For Central Park Media But the guy's a complete dick He doesn't like anybody He's like some murderer that is running around He's the hero. He like just kills everybody, and at the end, um, you know they're they're fighting to uh, stop these these villains, and uh, he goes into a room where basically it's like, "Do not press this button because the apocalypse will happen." And He's like, "Boy, I'm gonna press this button," <laughs> and he does. The end.
4: Nice. Um, any any other ones to- or? So I pass this on to the other guys pass, here.
3: Pass it on to some of the other guys, and da- I'll come back to me.
4: Dale, what would be um, a show that, you would, that you've seen and that you, know, you would want everybody to avoid like the plague? We were preparing for this last night. It was kind of fun throwing ideas around. And <laughs> yeah. Sometimes
0: you have shows that are very good that have movies that come out that aren't quite as good. oh
2: know
4: where it's Well, actually, Nadesico. <laughs> Nadesico, Prince of Darkness? I'll
0: just toss that out there.
4: Uh, yeah, I yeah, may get yeah, some yeah. debate
0: on that, but I think we're pretty much unanimous as far as this side of the table on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like it a little bit. Yeah. Of course, you do.
3: <laughs>
2: that's
0: not much.
3: Just a, smid- just a smidgen, <laughs> man. Just a smidgen. It, <laughs> it, it had. It Don't defend <laughs> bad things. Don't be like, like our, like our friend from Canada.
4: Yes.
2: I won't take it to that degree. That's just, that's just rabid.
4: <laughs> yeah, I mean. Uh, I'd have to agree with that. With, I'm sure everybody's seen, and even, and it's even popular with non mecha fans, uh, Martian and his successor, Nadesco, um, you know, a very fast paced, kind of funny show, uh, big cast of characters, but then you go to a movie that really, there was no need to kind of complete that story any further. Um, you know, I think it, you know, the show was one of those things where it was that perfect example of it's a, it's a, piece of time that you are brought into, and then you come out, and if I see those people ever again, I really don't care. But, uh, <laughs> you know, because I, I got enjoyment, but yeah. man, the um, Prince of Darkness was a piece of um, crap. But... uh <laughs> you Neil, know, you know,
0: what were your thoughts on it? You know, they just... They kind of changed so much from the show the characters didn 't act like you 'd really expect it was almost as if they were yeah, it was a huge out departure. Of character
4: <laughs> yeah, and it just kind of rambled on, and you know there was such a large cast that you know in an hour and a half movie to go on a journey to reunite the original cast and then pretty much not have them do anything at the end it was kind of silly, just a waste of uh, resources, waste of um, drawing and ink and all that, so um, you know, but Soul Bro, uh, what would be, um, we know that you're usually the generally nice guy on Gundam, but there must be a show or two that you, you know, you don't like, that puts a burr in your saddle. Well, both both, <laughs> both of these shows are somewhat connected to mecha shows, but not entirely.
5: Um, one of them was a quick one. Um, Garzy's Wing. <laughs> Garzy's Wing, you've probably never heard of it, and thank God you haven't. You shouldn't. Um, <laughs> the, please uh, <laughs> there is um there's there's an anime that we do we all of us i think are in um are in unison on liking and it's called or battler dunbine which is made by yoshi yuki tomino um he, yeah and um <laughs> also um later on he they released an ova series which is kind of uh I, w- I, I don't even know whether it's a backstory or 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 or, postscript or whatever but um it's in that same universe and it's called Garcia's wing no Mecca in it. Absolutely terrible. It's OVA. Don't ever watch it unless you really want to sp- take your eyes out. <laughs> it's horrible. I, he must have made it for the money. I don't know. Um, <laughs> the other one that I am livid about, um, I actually bought this series in its entirety thinking it was going to get better. And although it had a ton of Gundam parodies in it. I still ended up hating the show. Almost almost uh, my whole experience watching oh, it. Oh man. And um a young lady in the audience mentioned Excel Saga. That is the show. That is the show. I wow. hate you. Oh my god. It was done better as Azumanga Daio. Our- <laughs>
4: Are are you? The two have
3: nothing to do with I, each other. How I do you even I know. compare I,
5: them? I know you can't compare them, and I'm just I'm being I'm being I'm being facetious. Are you,
4: are you the soul bro on this uh, argument here? I for
5: once I can
3: I can I'm see too that. strong to
5: be the soul bro on any argument. <laughs> All I know is I did not enjoy watching the show. And well,
3: you're a sucker for buying the whole series to find that oh, out. I'm an ass. I am an
5: ass. I bought it hand-in-hand hand with GTO, which I enjoyed so much more.
4: Mecca, and then these kids are, like, at the spaceport, and, oh, my... I'm just, like, what? I'm, like, I just keep checking on the on the bottom, the uh, elapsed time, to see when is this thing going to be over with. Um, And it it was really, really bad. I mean, it... I'm... I will I will say that I will go through some garbage so I can, you know, break it down. So I'm not ill-informed about um, you know, breaking down garbage. But um that and another one, it was on Cartoon Network a couple years ago, um Pilot Candidate. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I and the collective groans I can hear out there, same type of thing where um, you know, the Wearing those short shorts, and I was just like, "What? What the heck is this?" But um, um, you know, that would be mine, Chris. Any any others of some shows out there? Oh, I
3: I, I got some. I, I will echo uh, Dragonaut, which is just so bad. It's like it kind of had an intriguing premise at first, but by five episodes in, I just watched it and I said to myself. This show is so stupid. Why am I watching this? Yes. It's sort of like I just had this epiphany and like the sky opened up and it all became clear to me. This show is retarded. And you got like this whole thing of like these like people that turn into like robot dragons that are piloted by other people. You got like (laughs) chicks with like (laughs) disgustingly large boobs that, that are just nasty. Uh, you got this main character who's kind of this emo guy. I mean, really, like an emo guy. Uh, his his best friend gets all, like, pissy because, like, his dragon runs away with his friend. So every time he sees him, he's like, Gid! Like, just, like, obsessively angry, like like a Gundam loser villain level. Yeah. To the point that, like... He gets a scar on his forehead and puts an eye patch over the forehead. And he's just like a screaming maniac. And then at the very end of the series, he switches t- sides to become a good guy again. It's like, what
4: the I, hell is this
3: about? Good I, God.
4: I'm glad I uh, stopped at episode one.
3: I regret even watching five episodes.
4: Because um, uh, that, that would be, um, I think I'd probably claw my eyes out if I saw something like that. Um, and like I said, I am pretty tolerant of bad things. Um, but um... Sci-fi show, uh, not
3: exactly mecha-related, depending on how you view it. Um, the spin-off to Outlaw Star, Angel Links.
5: Oh, no. There, yeah. was,
3: there was a person who, who kept forcing the show upon me, and finally, just to get him to stop, I said, all right, I'll watch the damn show. <laughs> and I watched three episodes, and I didn't expect Outlaw Star going into it, but... This thing is just an embarrassment to Outlaw Star. Man. Three episodes of just, this is nonsense. I just could not bear to watch anymore. And when I took it back to this person and said, I think this is a piece of crap, the guy looked like he was about ready to rip my head off.
5: Yeah. Darn! I always wanted to watch that show too because of that connection. Don't. Door. No, it's I, not. It's I now not know it. better.
3: It's kind of like it's kind of like watching uh, Legend of Krastania and expecting it to be like kind of cool, like Record of Lodoss Wars. No, it's garbage. I fell into that trap. <laughs> so did I. So it's the exact same trap.
4: Oh, okay. <laughs> or or put put the Spanish uh, audio track on.
5: <laughs> that's
3: all without the on subtitles. The Dragon de
4: but, um, Dale, any, uh, any other ones before we kind of kick this out to maybe some of the folks out there? Some shows that maybe we hadn't discussed on here, um, you know, that maybe people should avoid.
0: Actually, I'm ready to kick it out to the audience. I'm interested to see what they have to say.
4: No problem. Mr. Bill Whipton's out there. Anybody out there has got any shows that we haven't spoken about that they I might want to say? Okay, well.
7: Hi, I'm Devon from Orlando, Florida. Um, Are you an addict? I am. Uh, the Giver. Couldn't stand that show. Uh, original Giver.
3: The original Giver. Yeah. The second half of that show really sucks. I suffered,
7: <laughs> I <laughs> suffered through that. I, I watched it all the way to the end because yeah, I was because if I was going to do it, I was going to do it all the way. Which,
4: I, which ironically, um, I've only seen like the first five episodes of the newer version. It's not as bad, but it's. So you, so it's, you said. That I'm your, just, is that your rigging endorsement? Well, it's not, I am well, not, it's not as bad I am as, not as the first in, one. In, no.
3: Is that your quote for the review box? Yes. <laughs> it's not as bad as the first one.
4: I will, I will be quoted for the, uh, for the DVD.
3: We will never be quoted for any DVD. <laughs>
4: the way we not, talk about things on this show. Guyver 2, not as good as the old one. Hi, I'm
5: Matthew from Miami, Florida, and my show... Has to be Witch Hunter Robin. Oh God! Oh! Oh
4: my God! You forgot that one. You, you just, you just. Well, I didn't want to say that one because oh. it wasn't really Mecca or sci-fi related. Just but uh, I guess avoided. we can kind of, we can kind of do supernatural because um, you know Mecca. A lot of Mecca shows do have that supernatural component in it. Talk about twenty-six episodes of woo! Fire! Um, fire! The show was actually all right until they got to the point where everybody got shot one day at work, and then next episode, it's like two months later, and everybody's back at work, working okay, working with the people that shot them. and except for the main character and the other dude. Yeah. Had so much promise, but was like, oi, oi, oi. The Hitler-looking dude? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I could sleep through that. It'd make me restless.
3: The lady in the back, what's your name?
9: Okay. Hello. I wasn't sure if I was supposed to start talking here or not. I wasn't sure. Um, It's not mecha-related, but I have to mention it because it was like the worst anime I think I've ever seen. It's called uh, Toka Geton, And it's like 20-something episodes. You're supposed to watch it backwards. But whenever anybody uploads this, they forget that. So they upload it the right way, but then people watch... Anyway. Um, And it's got a girl that thinks she's a puppy, a boy that dresses up as a girl, some girl obsessed with car shows, um, and there's three little annoying fairies that laugh that you just kind of want to punch and um, that's in high school and I, I, I don't know what it is I don't, know, I don't know but anyone who's seen it is like you'll watch one or two episodes and you're like you know maybe it will get better and it just doesn't you did? how? how? are you sane? are you clinically okay? I wouldn't blame you if you weren't it was an awful show
4: it, it, isn't that the worst? That you'll actually, you'll actually be like two or three episodes in a show, and you're just like, I can't do this anymore. I, I know I should give it a chance because you should give everything a chance, but it's like, I, I just can't do this. I, I there's no way. But um, is there another person? Oh, there you go. There you go. Uh,
10: hi, uh, my name's Antoine, and I just I got season one for Sister Princess. And I was wondering, why, why did they stop not don't want to show season two? I mean, all you see is it on YouTube, We you can't buy it here on DVD. Why is that?
5: It probably didn't do well. <laughs> probably. <laughs> that's, that's how, I mean, that's how a lot of anime companies have been doing it. If, if they buy a season of a show and it has two seasons, if the first season doesn't do well, they won't pick up the second. Yeah. And I've, I've fallen victim to that, too. It, it, it sucks, but at least we got the internet. <laughs>
4: Do we have okay, a... Okay, n- who's next? Who's next? Who's next? Hello? Yes. Gundam,
8: hello. I'm Doctor on the boards. So thank you. Tell How you, you guys doing? Oh, right on. Hey, yeah.
5: That's the mechatalk.net boards, for those who haven't been. That's the um, official boards, um, uh, forums for um, mahq.net, and the the Gundam board is up there. Feel yep. free to go over there and sign up and um, reply to uh, any of the shows we put up or any
3: threads that are up there. Yes. Go ahead, sir. So what do you not like, Doctor?
8: Well... <laughs> I also want to do a little plug for my show, if it's okay. Sure, go ahead. Um, Ask Backwards Anime Podcast. Me and actually the other guy who mentioned, what was it, Richard and Robin? They're both hosts along with another crew. We talk about bad things and stuff. Anyway. about Awesome. The- it's, t- it's a terrible show. Don't listen to it. Seriously. No,
5: it's no. good, man. I've listened to it. it, it
8: you, Lies. You, you, you guys banter. Lies. Were-
3: what? <laughs> so what terrible show have you watched? No, I,
8: I want to um, touch up on Tokagetten and follow through with it, because there was a, while I was trying to watch that show, and yes, it is terrible, um, there was one other show that was related to it. It was a spin-off show called Moonlight Lady.
4: Oh, I've heard and, of that. I didn't, haven't okay, seen okay,
8: it. Okay, the thing is, I wanted to see that show so I can understand Toke again, at least. But <laughs> the problem is it was a porno. Oh.
3: oh and my then my the God. tentacles came Sweet.
8: out. Sweet! No, and it had nothing to do with Toke again, and so I watched the porn for nothing.
3: <laughs> watched a porn so don't watch for th- nothing. If
8: That's
3: a, a- <laughs> <laughs> That's probably one of the best things I've heard. I watched a porn for nothing.
4: One of the best ones.
3: Uh, it's Jonathan again.
8: The one I have to say to avoid is Pune Pune Poeme Really? Oh. Yeah.
5: Well, first off, you uh, shouldn't uh, be watching Excel Saga. So why are you even <laughs> at Pune Pune Poeme? I mean, seriously, it's a spinoff of Excel Saga for those who don't know. Shut up, Adam.
8: <laughs> Shut up. Well, unfortunately, I saw that before Excel Saga. oh. And unfortunately, considering the rating on it, definitely not for children or anyone who hasn't even watched Excel Saga.
3: Why can't children watch Puni Puni Poemi? What's oh, wrong geez. with that? You've got to learn it at some age, right? Oh. Oh, oh. no, that was bad. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not on the 4chan party band. Okay. Who's next? Roanora Zoro, man. Oh, we have a Zoro. Roanora Zoro. What's oh, you your name? It.
11: My real name is Salvador. One anime I would say to avoid, it was based off of a really good game. In the, it's in the form of Makai Senki Disgaea. Oh. oh.
2: Yeah,
5: they did not make an anime of that. It's That's like, terrible.
11: The game was really good. It was a great comedy. a really deep yeah. strategy RPG. The anime is like a piece of bullcrap trying to be a comedy, Damn. ruining the game's genius comedy and cleverness. Well, that's disappointing. I, yeah. thought, I thought it was going to be
5: pretty, pretty decent, but it's I like, guess it's not.
11: All right. And here's what's worse about it. They, the trailer of the series is like, oh, this series is going to follow the game. The animation's all beautiful. It's like, oh, my God. I didn't watch
5: the first episode. Okay.
11: What the hell is this bullcrap? So vid- Why is the animation not the way we expected it to be?
5: So video games 100%. not only make bad yeah. movies, but they make bad anime.
4: <laughs> we're um, we're going to kind of... Take one more from you, and then we're going to close this off and go, go to our next uh, topic. Uh, um, go Hi, ahead. My
10: name is um, Anthony, hey, and on. one anime I just didn't like seeing after the first season was the second season of The Big O. Oh,
4: yeah. Bro. We actually yeah. discussed that last night when we were talking about some of this stuff. Yeah, Adam. Um, yeah go ahead on that one.
5: I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I feel the same way. Uh, the second season started off cool because you had no idea what was going on. Of course, you know, that's an old literally literary tactic, but... As the show went along, I just wasn't satisfied with the big reveal. You know, of course, you know, it's because it turns out to be Dark City. You know, in the end, it's, it's just like a play on that. And I didn't understand quite the conflict at the end. I know that it was uh the pretty much the last place of civilized, you know, last civilization area, of civilization on the planet, and they kind of had to repeat the same scenario every, you know, every hundred years or whatever. And it the whole amnesia thing, it just wasn't satisfying. And I I was told that it was supposed to have a third season, but at the end of the second season, they kind of kiboshed that. So I I just...
4: Second season was so bad, it killed the third.
5: (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, that was a show where it left you in the middle on such an awesome cliffhanger. And it it, it came off that cliffhanger pretty well, and it just descended from there. And I'm
3: right there with you, man. I respectfully disagree. (laughs) Do you really? Yes, I do. Go ahead. No, I just disagree. I don't feel like, <laughs> I don't feel like I don't feel like actually explaining that yeah. right now.
4: That'll we'll be save on the that
6: when we talk about the big O.
4: The, yeah, that will be the outtake segment, but um well, we just want to thank everybody for their participation on that. I'm sure there's plenty of other things that we'll all think about once we leave here and um, like Adam said earlier, we do have our own forum on mechatalk.net. Um, and this is out to all the people that are going to be listening to this when we put it in the podcast, you know, if you have any of your other, you know, shows that uh, you sh- you should uh, avoid like the plague. Uh, you know, let us know, and uh, we're going to be completing this segment here live from MegaCon 2009. You're listening to Gundam at MAHQ. Woo-hoo!
1: formal apology i will what a formal apology you will kowtow you will step and fetch frank if you think you can get me. used to it it's the way of the world if you're so hot on discipline then Gun. damn it start by accepting mine because contrary to popular opinion i'm the head uh, in charge come on let's get something eat. you really think you're bad don't you
3: If you need a cake, but you don't want something boring from the local supermarket or bakery, in the South Florida area, try EpicSugarWorks.com. This bakery specializes in creating cakes based off of your favorite anime series, video game character, or whatever custom design you're looking for. Their online store also features anime and video game themed chocolate lollipops, as well as gift certificates if you want to give something to somebody. So if you're looking for a cake that's above the norm, go to EpicSugarWurst.com. It's epically delicious. Gandhi. Hey everybody, you're listening to the Gundam at MHQ live at Megacon's special show killer episode. This is Chris and I'm joined now by uh, Adam Sheehan, uh, Senior Event Planner for Funimation Entertainment. If you're a regular Congoer, you've probably seen him shuttling across every corner of the country at a thousand different conventions. Uh, welcome Adam. Oh, thank you very much. So uh, just to start off, um, Funimation's licensed a whole bunch of titles in the end of 2008 and just recently a whole slew of additional titles. What are going to be some of the big titles that you're going to be pushing in 2009?
12: Uh, we've got some uh, big stuff, including uh, the stuff we just announced at the end of the year being Evangelion 1.0 and Soul Leader. We're going to try to squeak those into this year. Maybe next year we're we'll going to see how those fall but definitely for this year we're going to be bringing out stuff like Deep Gray Man. We have that coming out at the end of March, March 31st exactly uh, which is fans have been begging. Like, I think this weekend they've come to me like several like every 15 minutes I one person, I want to buy it now, and I'm like, sorry, you got to wait another month, but soon, soon, as well as we have Romeo X Juliet from Gonzo, mm-hmm. uh, bringing that out uh, early, late spring, uh, and Sergeant Frog finally will be bringing that out. Uh, we don't have an exact date for that yet, but I think we're looking for a summer release. So between those shows, as well as um, we've got the last couple seasons of Dragon Ball Z coming out and more Shin-Chan, we've got we got plenty on our plates. Mm-hmm. You mentioned a whole bunch of shows I was to ask you about, so given that we're a mecha podcast, I might as well ask you about Sergeant Frog. Uh-huh. Uh, a
3: few months ago, you guys put up a uh, sort of like a test dub on YouTube, which is pretty unheard of. Uh, how was the feedback on that, and how did that
12: uh, impact uh, the way that you are adapting the series? Oh, it was yeah, it was a little unique. We tried since the internet now is uh, we're very pro internet, and it seems like a lot of our fans are you know very tech savvy, so it's a wonderful um, tool to use. So uh, it worked out great for us. The feedback we got was awesome uh, from the fans who actually you know gave us feedback on YouTube, and people I've seen at conventions who have come up and said uh, you know I like what you did here, I didn't like what you did here, and I like that you did that at all because <laughs> you know we're not gonna let you cast our show, but we would love to hear your feedback before we get you know heavy into a show as long as says love this is sergeant frog. Yeah. Um, it was really good to know because there were some things in there, even on the test dub uh, before we put out, we weren't really crazy. We are like, well, we don't like this, but let's see how the fans react and see if we want to you know, change it, or if they do like it, we keep it, stuff like that. So I would say there's some stuff in there that you will not see again. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some casting changes, there's some name changes, uh, there's some other uh, things um, that you will see, but so there's some people in there we really liked, and there's some of the way the humor was, but we kept it pretty traditional to so the original one, mm-hmm. should stick. So it was a great thing, and I hope to we'll do that with the you know, future of other shows. And it's a pretty challenging
3: show because there's so many Japanese cultural references, so many Gundam references, how um, do you adapt that and make it marketable to an American
12: audience that isn't familiar with either of those? Right, yeah, that's a big challenge. uh, We haven't actually still finalized exactly how we're going to tackle that, but I know they're handling with kid gloves. They know the way called the traditional fan wants to hear as much of how much it was originally in Japan, Uh but if we leave it 100%, exactly, exactly, we're going to lose all the new people coming across who don't know it. So if we we're trying to actually find the, the great way to actually express what they're saying, but maybe not the exact enumeration of it. I mean, if the joke only works for that, we'd probably leave it alone. Mm-hmm. But if they're like, no, this is trying to explain, you know, this is a big Gundam old series, we'll find a way of saying it's a big Gundam or mech series kind of thing. Right. And since the title was previously held by ADV, did you have a look at what it is that they did in there? attempted adaptation of it? Uh, yes, we did actually see also what ADV did. We didn't keep anything they actually used in the past, because uh, uh, I'm not so really sure the, the whole you know, long short of it all, but I know was it uh, overall we wanted to actually do something different, including we wanted to talk to the fans and see how, what they wanted out of the show. So we started from scratch. We, we had to see what they've done, but we were like, okay, that that's good. That's one way you can go, but we're going to go a different way. And in adapting the show, um, are you doing this with a TV broadcast in mind? Is that something that Funimation's pursuing? We'd love to get it on TV. We're not waiting for TV to get it out there. We're actually going to put it on DVD one way or another this year. Uh, but it definitely we're, talk, we're talking to different people out there. And they're very interested in saying to us, okay, we're interested still. With, you know, let's see a dub and let's go from there. And we'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. And. In general, uh, TV broadcast, whether it's on Adult Swim, or Sci-Fi, or IFC, whoever, how much does that boost the profile of your DVD releases? Oh, it, it's huge. It's huge. And that's why I'm uh, like Full Metal Alchemist. It was a great show, but to get in front of a mass audience it just made it that much greater, and success-wise. And that's when we look at shows like Soul Eater, or Deep Green Man. We say, we look at these and go, we can pay a little more for these, because these look like broadcast-friendly shows that we might get on TV. Mm-hmm. We haven't actually had anything new, or announced anything new yet, but we have some high hopes for some of our key shows. Mm-hmm.
3: And given that Funimation licenses
12: so many titles from Gonzo, do you have a special partnership with them, or? Uh does any licensor have the same uh, chance of licensing a show of theirs? It's, it's still pretty even. So uh, you get know, Gonzo um, and uh, anyone else. You know, we talk to the licensors. There's no actual agreement between us and Gonzo. Like we get seventy-five percent of what you put out. I mean, Nothing like that. Just we work well with Gonzo because uh, they have an American branch. We talk to a lot. I mean, uh, we've had great success with their shows, so we go back to them a lot. And overall, with what you it? Called, there's just been um, a good communication stream. Uh, we talk well with a lot of other different licensors out there, but for right. Gonzo seems to be this. Uh, Um, it's been a little closer, a little easier, and a little faster on certain key titles, and just a little lucky also on, like, you know, we started with, like, Trinity Blood and uh, Basilisk and everything in the beginning, just kind of, like, you know, snowballed into a wonderful wonderful partnership. Right. Speaking of Gonzo, recently Funimation licensed uh, Blast Rider and both seasons of Draga, which were the first shows that uh, Gonzo experimented by having uh, streamed on YouTube and Crunchyroll. So, how do you market this show to people who might have already seen the stream for free, and is that the same as the way you market people who have seen fan subs, or is it a totally different animal? Exactly. So you basically market the same as the people who have already seen it for free in any version Away. way. Mm-hmm. We look at, um, with this, there's definitely a difference between watching legally and illegally. Right. But uh, if, if we're getting it after that's all been said, done, no, we look at that as just a group of they've already seen it. How many people have already seen it? That's a that's a big awesome thing like that. We can go look at numbers of downloads in Japan and stuff like that. We have a decent amount of information on that kind of stuff. So overall, we look at that just as it Okay, they've seen it. But um, overall, uh, again, we're we going to write DVD out. We uh, market it well. We give them something they probably haven't had before, maybe the English version right. or, or something else in the box. you really go with it. Or, and a lot of people like, they'll watch it. And they'll go, that's awesome. Now i want to buy it. Mm-hmm. So we give them actually something for their, you know, their collection. Thank goodness for the collector aspects of an anime fan. Yeah. So it, um, it does help out greatly that way. And looking at the, the uh, viewership data on those streams, does that give you quantifiable data that you can use when factoring in whether you want to license a title or not? It's one of the many factors that we use to license a title. It's not uh, one of the, the, the It's not the most important factor, being that the numbers we see aren't always 100%. Because uh-huh. we'll get numbers off of, like, again, YouTube people use a lot. We can see YouTube numbers. We can see certain torrent numbers from different sites like that. But we don't see everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we are going through like, the other really hard, hardcore BBS servers, we're not going to see numbers for those half the time. So right. overall, we use that as a as a general guide. Like, okay, this when people are downloading it, you know, that's more than this series, which was successful, or less than this six series, which was not so successful. Mm-hmm. But in the case of say, Blast Rider and Draga, did you look at the data from like YouTube, Crunchyroll, all these sites? Oh yeah, uh, I, I'm pretty sure we did. I, I don't remember exactly how how you know was that on the, the one sheet of buying and selling um, at work, but I know for sure we have we have looked at that. Mm-hmm. We did that for pretty much mm-hmm. every title we're thinking about. Mm-hmm. And one of the areas. Where you guys sort of become innovators is the uh, seasonal or half-season box sets. How has that been working out now that you've been doing that for quite a while? Fantastic. I mean, we're pretty much uh, play Playmore, and Darker and Black might be the last of our single sticks, being that retailers don't really like single sticks that much, and the economy just pushed that much more out the door. So even good shows are having hard times getting to like a Best Buy or something because they're like we don't have so much shelf space, and you know we want more episodes for value. So overall, fans um, are winning because retailers win because they have the shelf space and they want to take it in. Fans are winning because they uh, get to buy anime quicker, get more of it, and cheaper. Uh, and for the, the, with that fan that's kind of like, I'm the box set fan, I get we get them as well as the people who are coming in the first time. Like, I just want to get it as soon as it comes out. Right. So it's working out very, very well for us.
3: And are there any sort of like lesser-known titles that you find are working better
12: as box sets versus if it was a single-disc release? Absolutely. Uh, I was going to think of some names are the bat say, Aquarian, for example. Aquarian, I was I, you know, it's funny, right now I can't think of this exact title name, but I know there's been titles that, you know, they said the slow first four episodes. like yeah. know, Sometimes star slow. And a lot of people I've talked to have like, said, I wouldn't pick up whatever the show was. Um, you know, I wouldn't pick up volume two had I not got the first 13, but I stuck with it. It's like, well, the whole thing, and I'm so glad I did. Mm-hmm. So that's been a big plus, too, because I know some of the... Most of the titles are single sticks now, we've, we've kept them going single sticks uh, per chance that they were very strong in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like Valkano, you watch one episode, you're like, oh, this is awesome, I want one more. Mm-hmm. Where you you might have, like, um, a Tsubasa, which can uh, start a little slower, but then lead into it. That you know, goes for Clamp fans on that one. Right. And...
3: Over the last year, Funimation's picked up uh, quite a few titles from uh, Genion and ADV. Uh, What was the decision behind picking up those titles, and how well have they performed for Funimation for the ones that have had um, continuous releases now, like say
12: Higurashi or yeah, some like of those. Yeah. Oh yeah, those actually those really popped. I mean, it did help the shift back that like, people were dying for them for like a year. And mm-hmm. That's actually why we kind of rushed out the doors fast. We did like some of the titles came out. They don't even have the Funimation logo on them. We were like, we just want it out there. We just want to sell you it so you can have your anime. Um, and on some of the titles like Pumpkin Scissors and Red Garden, which only had one volume left, we right. weren't gonna go reprint a lot of volume six. This wasn't. Business savvy, but instead we made a small run and made it online only, so we wouldn't leave those, those fans out in the cold. Uh, no, it's been doing really well, and we've been picking up more and more shows like Last Exile or Samurai Champloo, based off you know historical sales, popularity. Lucky up for like those kind of shows, a we have great data on how they sold, right? And b they haven't been on the shelf for so long, so new fans haven't seen it, or you know, it's hard to get. Uh, we're not really competing against old product, as well as older fans who either had it on VHS, Laserdisc, maybe for some of these ones, right? Um, they're like, oh my goodness, I, I can finally get this now. Or i like, only you know, pay $300 on eBay for it.
3: I'm personally glad that
12: you guys picked up uh, Shamrai Shampoo and oh, yeah. Gankutsuo because i yeah. never had a chance to pick those up. Exactly. That's exactly the reason we want to do that. We're, and we're looking at more. We haven't picked up some more, but it look at any key title that Geniyama was successful with or successful with fans overall, and mm-hmm. those are ones we want to pick up at some point. And in the case of titles where there's more like, say, Higurashi, would mm-hmm. Funimation Se- consider picking up Season 2 or the recent OAV that just started in Japan? Absolutely. With like, stuff like Higurashi, Hellgirl Season 2, is more Holic, mm-hmm. um, all those ones that that we look at the uh, sales, overall sales of how the first series does. If they do well, which all those have so far have really done well, uh, we go off to the second season. When we bring it out, that's the biggest question. That's the only one problem we've had recently with buying so many new shows. Mm-hmm. Is I mean, so many questions about when season two of this, 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 this coming out. And it's like, right. that's great, but we keep, we went and bought Eva, and we went and bought Soul Eater. That took a while, and right. the new Full Metal's out. We're, we're trying to go get that right now. So, I mean, because of that, it's kind of slowed getting sequels to shows. We still want them, and they're still on the list, but it just has uh, slowed them down a bit and moving on to high definition uh, I guess you guys are sort of the de facto leaders of Blu-ray anime because there's such a small Blu-ray yep. uh, American anime market to begin with awesome but what's, to
4: Toronto,
12: what's your plan for 2009 with uh, Blu-ray titles bringing out a lot more than we did last year last year we kind of put our foot in the water mm-hmm. and we see Blu-rays you know, uh, selling at a, a decent rate again going up slowly not, it's not going to take over DVD this year Right. but um, we really are also feeling out. we're actually doing the surveys at our booth and on uh, some of our websites that say do you want to blu-ray player are you planning on buying one do you want an HDTV tv ps3 do you own that you know along those lines so we're trying to gauge the enemy fans buying speed of blu-ray so right. we're going to bring out more and more but we're trying to figure like, bring out what what titles and you know what you know, ones we're actually going to bring out when like samurai 7 we're like let's make that our first series of blu-ray because it was originally shot in hd right so it was a no-brainer so we're kind of like yeah that's a great one we'll to start with it. and if that's successful we can do more
3: I see you're doing that. Uh, you've got a box set coming out for Shigarui. Will you eventually be building up to doing day and date releases
12: of Blu-ray with the DVDs? Yes, we're already, yeah, with uh, Shigerui and Afro Samurai um, and seal we all brought all Blu-rays out. Um, well, with the special edition. Day and date. Uh, the thing we actually slow down the other ones, we have to go back to our old contracts to get Blu-ray rights. Mm-hmm. For all the new contracts, we've written that in already, so we can go day and date. Uh, sometimes we don't get the Blu-ray rights, so not all shows will get that. But we're going to try to get as many is possible than digital. Now, Lisa, my next question. Uh, I know in the past, some companies with DVD they've had uh, concerns from the Japanese licensors about reverse importation. <laughs> Given that America and Japan are in the same region now for Blu-ray, is that a concern with the Japanese licensors when you're negotiating for high def rights? Yes, it is. It's is. It's something on their mind. Now, I don't know if concern is the right word, but it's definitely something they're going to say, hey, uh, you know Japanese Blu-rays are so much more expensive, than American Blu-rays very worried about that. And we basically work on a license about like basis on how to deal with that. Some you might pay a little more. Some we might release at a different date. It's just—it's right now very new territory for us, so we don't have a standard yet on how to deal with it. But it's definitely something on both our minds. And do they kind of want you to do something like say stagger it so that they can get their release out and you two don't like say bump heads? Some do. Some do. Yeah, some are very much along the lines of like, okay, we'll give to their rights, but ours is six months in the market before yours is, and stuff like that. And. and uh, Else I have? I think I've covered pretty much everything. Um, oh, so, digital. Tell me about uh, your digital strategy. Uh, we're actually trying to get um, digital worked in all our contracts as well. That's just why Chris, our contracts are taking so much longer because we've added Blu-ray and Dell to own and promo and streaming and all that stuff like that. And we're trying like uh, what do we call summer shows through a day so when you see it in Japan, 24 hours later, you can download it, maybe to no, own, but definitely to stream a subtitled track of our shows. And we want to do that more and more because that's a legal version. Right. Seeing it. And, you know, was it also we also get some promotional, you know, you know kickbacks to the likes of The original gems creators, and now actually get some funding for that. Because I know some of the creators are like, you know, Japan are like, I'd like people to see my stuff, and I'm glad a lot of people love my stuff, but, you know, I've got a few of my kids, and no one's buying the show because they download it illegally. So. Right. And it's like TV, and we've proven already, TV on DVD sells really, really well. So it's, it's going to not cut into DVD sales as much as anyone thinks a bunch of people that would want to know about this one. Sure. Now they have got a couple of boxes under your belt, how has uh, One Piece been performing for you? It's been doing all right. It's been doing good. The, uh, we want to get back on TV. That always helps out them with a boost on that one. But, I mean, the fans have been overly gracious on uh, loving our dub. I mean, I, I knew we earlier really all online, so i like, we're going to do this right, one it was great. But it's been, I mean, we brought out the first one, I think, almost a year ago. And yeah. still, I think almost every 30 minutes, I've got a person go, thank you for saving One Piece. I'm like, wow, I know 4Kids really messed that up, but wow, they, they were really grateful for it, and, and the sales have shown them. Well, I speak for a lot of fans who say that uh, we wish you guys had gotten it first. We do, too, because that probably would boost the sales that much more, because we're still doing damage control from, you know, generally people going, oh, there's a new dub? I'm like, yes, there is. This, this is uncut. This is a cigarette.
3: And uh, what was the reasoning behind Cartoon Network not picking up from where you had left off in the uh, We don't know.
12: Uh, the uh, the agreement for the broadcast agreement between Cartoon Network Especially between Cartoon Network and Toye. So we're kind of left out of the loop there because it was actually was set up before we got there with uh-huh. four kids. So we're kind of like on the table, like, you really should, you know, show more. And they're like, well, we're not talking to you about that, we're talking to them about that. So we don't know. We're hoping it comes back on TV, but we're a little in the dark on it. So you kind of walked into a pre existing situation. Exactly. Right? And, um,. You've been putting out the box sets. Is there any plan for the TV series on Blu-ray? I know you've already done Movie 8 on, on Blu-ray. Okay, right. It's possible. Uh, again, it's one of those ones we didn't get the Blu-ray rights out the get-go. We've got to go back in and negotiate, and we just have not had, uh, been able to do that. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously there's the new Full Metal Alchemist on yes. TV, so I think it's it's going to be a foregone conclusion you guys are going after that. We're definitely going after it, I can tell you that. We haven't got it yet. So we definitely haven't got it yet, but that's definitely one that we really, 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 really want. What about uh, the Granddaddy of them all, the remastered, ah. re-edited Dragon Ball Z? Oh, we first kicked in their door the second we found out about that and said, so how about now? Now? Is now a good time? How about now? 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 Can we have that now? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's one recently. Dragon Ball, yeah, Dragon Ball Full Metal or any of our key our towers, anytime they bring anything more. You can guarantee we're going to be first in line to try and acquire and Have not yet for both of those, but definitely want That and like, the Shonen Jump special they did for Dragon Ball. That was that was great, so I'd love to get right. that too. Uh, the remaster they're doing in Japan, is that the same as the remaster you guys did, or are they doing a new one on their We're waiting their for own? details on all that, because I'm not sure for our production side, because they have our our 35mm uh, uh, Masters, uh, the, the HD tracks we created, gave back to them. So I'm not sure if they're either taking that and, you know, reworking those ones, or they're HDing it themselves. So I'm not sure on that one yet. One thing I see fans uh, talking about a lot in regards to uh, the recent Dragon Ball release is uh, presenting it in uh, widescreen. So there's uh, some controversy about that. Mm-hmm. How, in, like say, layman's term, would you address your release of that to explain it to people? Well, the reason we did it, uh, two reasons. One, uh, TVs are now going widescreen for the most part. That is the trend of the future. And two, our general demographic, um, besides the hardcore Dragon Ball fans, as we always jokingly say, there's a new nine-year-old born every day it's true. And there- the, the Dragon Ball's timeless Thank goodness cause, You know pay my rent For a while mm-hmm. um, But overall The re- the widescreening again uh, When it, you know, when we said We're going to widescreen it, you know we were like Yes unfortunately There's going to be Some cropping involved a Massive blow up online Like non-stop like crazy Non-stop like crazy um, But then when it Actually came out A lot of that flaming Went away Because people saw That like we gave them More on the sides And the cropping Besides like there was Like a couple key shots Here or there Unfortunately mm-hmm. um, Unfortunately One of them was the intro I was like Oh there goes TN's third eye That's, that's They're going to notice that Yeah Um um, along that, it's been well received, and it actually has been the uh, of number one, possibly number two and three selling anime of last year and the year before the season sets themselves. So I mean they've been unbelievably successful um, uh, for us. So uh, was, we know we made the right call, and we apologize for anyone who wasn't happy with it. But hey. You know, as we always joke with, uh, also Dragon Ball Z, like, here's the last version till the next version. Yeah, so yeah, right. we might never bring out the pan and scan one day. Who knows? I'll never say we're done with Dragon Ball Z, because hopefully we never will be. And, um... Speaking of Evangelion, since you guys recently uh-huh. picked up 1. the movie, um, there's news that the Blu-ray of the movie is going to be yet another revision. That, whatever it is now, yes. I can't even say. it's like is, yeah, it's, 6. Like, 9. it's yeah. like Windows Vista. Yeah, exactly. Of the versions, do you guys have access to that as well? Uh, I don't know. Actually, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, I'm not sure to look at our full contract on that. I'm not, it's either I know it's either in there or it's something we're going after to to include as an addendum. Yeah. So it's yeah, you know, you know, it was an Eva Mojave. Yeah. Since uh, manga had picked up the movies from the 90s, they reused the ADV actors for their dub. Are you considering doing that as well? Especially since you share so many actors with. Yes, movies? we want to get as many of the original voice casts as we can for uh, for any series like Eva or Slayers, mm-hmm. uh, or any series we have actually picked up where it has a beloved cast. We did it with Tenchi. Uh, we try to get as much of the main cast as possible. We haven't started working on either one of those shows yet, so we haven't. I don't believe we've actually. We probably even called them, but we haven't actually started working on anything yet. So I know we want to, but uh, nothing's secured yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the last one, you sure. just mentioned Slayers. Um, what's the, uh, the, the progress on, on that one? Uh, waiting for materials, so we're still waiting to dub that one. Wanted to use the original New York cast, the original TV cast version, um, mm-hmm. and uh, get that out there maybe end of the year, maybe beginning of next year. Again, all that matters when we get materials and when we first start working on it. Mm-hmm. Does your license include both seasons of Revolution and, and Evolution, Evolution R? I believe so. I believe it was Evolution as well. I'm pretty sure of it. And how has uh, Slayers been performing since the license rescue you guys Fantastic. did? Fantastic. I mean, it's a classic and it's Slayer so you know it's good and it's well-loved. But right. I'm amazed by the sheer fact that when people are buying it, either A, they just never got to to buy it, B, they had the latest visitor on the VHS they want to replace it, or C, they had the DVDs, but they want something smaller for the shelf. Right. So uh, we also cleaned it up a little bit. So overall, I was like, wow, people love Slayers. We're almost out of it at the booth. I bought it back in the day uh, on VHS. Yep. The whole series, and I definitely plan on re- Getting it like replacing that. with those DVDs. The Game Revolution. Yeah. And so the kids now, I'm like, hey, but we had a laser. They're like, what's that? I'm like, go away, go away, go away. Well, that pretty much covers my question. Is there any, like, uh, last thing you want to throw out for fans of uh, something they should expect this year? I'll say we are definitely not done yet for announcements. We are definitely not done yet for some surprises. Um, from the events world, from the licensing world, from things online, i say we are, 2000 going to be a good year for us. We actually have more new releases coming out this year than last year. So, you know, this whole, you know, recession thing, we're just, we're not going to take part in that. We're just going to just keep going forward and being as strong as possible. Any uh, specific con that people should be looking out for info on, aside from obviously the obvious ones like Anime Expo, Expo Otakon. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't say, yeah. We haven't planned out exactly what's, when we're going to um, announce what. Because most of the time, once we announce something, like, if there's a con within weeks, we, we announce there. Right. I will say AX could be a really big show for us this year. I mean, it's always a big show for us, but we're working on some maybe special projects for it that could be awesome. Um, as well as San Diego Comic-Con and Otacon, of course, our, our big three, as we call them. But, I mean, we still have some, uh, some big plans. Look for some Heroic Age special events at SakuraCon, and some hopefully some fun stuff at Anime Boston and Anime Central as well. Great. Well, thank you for your time.
3: Uh, That's Adam Sheehan uh, from Funimation Entertainment. If you want more information, just go to Funimation.com or watch any anime news outlet for information. You're listening to Gundam
12: at MAHQ. What's the blog address? Uh, blog.funimation.com. There you go. Watch that for information. You're listening to Gundam at MAHQ, live at Megacon.
3: Cute's a relative term.
4: I'm more concerned about my Gundam dessert.
5: You know what's funny? In Seed, him and Flay had a real close relationship. And I bought that relationship a lot more than I ever bought Locus and Kira. And as much as I like Locus, I didn't feel the love there like I felt with, you know, the crazy-ass um, Flay and Kira. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Him, uh, and
11: Flay, him and Flay had a relationship of convenience. Yeah, yeah. They just needed, they just needed, and it was screwed up because they
3: were both screwed up at the time. Exactly. Both, hold on,
11: hold on, and, hold on. one, and one, she blamed him. She wanted him to die in the... Well while she was screwing him, she wanted him secretly to die. Like,
5: like like the Joker in Harley Quinn, f- it was mad love, dude. That's all yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. all I'm saying. <laughs> there was some there was passion there. There was passion. You could feel it. And granted, she yeah, was so, using him.
4: Sober so was right on this one because yeah. they, you're talking two years. And yeah, two it, it's, it seemed like they were still just kind of met. They opened up an orphanage and, 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 I, and I, all I he would was, was sit on the porch. I like Come them, too, from the, from the original <laughs> show. But, you know, hey, hey, <laughs> hey,
11: <laughs> it, it, worked, <laughs> it, just, it, it worked for Camille. He was just like, what, dazed and confused?
3: Camille got brain raped. <laughs> that's entirely different. Yeah.
5: Camille had piloted himself retarded, okay? Yeah.
1: <laughs> damn next episode you will see the tears of time
8: jules you give that f***ing nimrod fifteen hundred dollars and i'll shoot him on general principle
2: no
1: yolanda yolanda
2: he ain't gonna do a goddamn motherfucker! hey bitch shut the f- up
3: Hello, everybody. Uh, Welcome to the second uh, Gundam at MHQ event at Megacon, brought to you by Anime Sushi. Uh, This is Chris Guanche, one of the uh, co-founders of MHQ and a co-host of Gundam, and I'm
0: joined today by... By Dale. I'm the other co-founder of MHQ. We're going to have some fun today going out through mecha franchises throughout the ages. And who's our uh, third man hiding back there?
4: Uh, Neo.
3: Okay, Neo's our man on the floor. I'm the mic
4: person in the... uh... The photo photographer today.
3: He's our man on the floor slash cameraman. <laughs> and um, what we're going to do is if you came to our panel yesterday, uh, it's going to be a bit different. Uh, we're going to be talking about mecha franchises through the decades. And uh, like yesterday, we're going to uh, kick some things to the audience to get your opinions on um, what's uh, going on with these series and, and what you think about our topic. So um, without further ado, the first slide. Mobile suit Gundam you've probably heard of this uh, franchise started off in uh, 1979 and uh, this is the Gundam right here um, in those days uh, you had super robot shows that uh, you know are made by uh, scientists to fight off alien empires that are invading the earth and they were super robots and you know pretty invincible and you had a go-getting team of yeah let's go you know hot-blooded guys. Um, you know, fighting off said uh, alien empires, but this show came along and uh, changed everything by having a robot that, while still invincible, was at least a piece of military hardware. And you had a political conflict. You had a war between uh, these two governments: uh, the space colonies of the Zeon and the Earth Federation. And basically, it was a war story with robots and. Nobody had really done this before. You know, there'd been serious uh, sci-fi shows in the 70s like Space Battleship Yamato, but uh, this was the first of its show, first kind to, um, you know, be focusing on robots. So that basically was a game changer. And though the first Gundam show was uh, canceled and the toys didn't sell well, it kind of came back in uh, reruns and became a big hit, which moves us to the 1980s. And, uh, oh boy, look at that whole list of stuff there. So, in the 1980s, you had uh, the Gundam movie trilogy that came back and kind of uh, introduced it to a new fan base, cutting down the story, trimming some of the fat, some of the, uh, you know, super robot atrocities.
4: G Fighter, Gun Tank in Space. Hey, Gun and Tank kind of was awesome. It, what? Gun Tank was awesome.
3: Screw the Gun Tank.
4: It's actually really good in all the games uh, that come out later on. That's what you always say. Hey, hey it was awesome. Gun Tank it,
3: is awesome. It is was for a suckers. novelty. Only losers use the gun tank like
4: the Zeta it was never really duplicated
3: so then uh, of course, the show was followed up by Zeta Gundam, the first uh, production sequel to Gundam, and uh, that show kind of you know changed things some more. You had the good guys are now the bad guys, and the bad guys are now the good guys, and you had fascists running around dropping colonies and gassing people and it was a whole big old mess and um, You know, it being now firmly in the real robot, you had a lot sharper designs that were a bit less goofy looking. And I don't mean goof, I just mean goofy. No pun intended there. It was also in the midst of the Macross transforming craze. So if you've seen Zeta Gundam, then you know that every single thing in this show transforms practically. But that was all the rage back then, kind of like, say, Moe these days. It just couldn't be avoided. Everybody was doing it. And then you got uh, Double Zeta, a sequel that uh, took things in a comedic direction. Very different in tone for the first half. uh, But still kind of kept that whole, like, Earth versus space thing. You got the whole story wrapping up in uh, Char's counterattack. You know, the final confrontation between Amaru and Char. And yes, they are dead, because I receive a billion email questions about it. They're dead. Face it. It's been 21 years. It's over. They're dead. You're lying. Yeah they're dead okay (laughs) what Matilda died and then um, Gundam took a a real turn with the last series of the 80s uh, 0080 which uh, reimagined some of the uh, goofy looking mobile suits into uh, much more uh, pleasing looking versions and rather than being a war story of an accidental teenage pilot Uh, is about a young kid who, uh, like all of us, you know, when we were young, thought that war was running around with uh, little play rifles and it's awesome and shooting people. And, you know, he kind of discovers throughout the course of these uh, six tragic episodes that war really is not fun and games and it's actually quite the opposite. And pretty much probably is the most personal Gundam story ever, hence the subtitle War in the Pocket. And if you haven't seen this series, then you, you definitely should because... It really is a, a fantastic uh, short little series. Uh, some people like to say, oh, it's boring, there's not enough action, where's the robots shooting at each other? But well, that's not the point of the show. Sure, there's not too many Gundam battles, but the battles that are there are pretty, uh, pretty exciting stuff. Uh, you would, would you agree, Dale, having seen uh, that show too?
0: Oh, yeah. In fact, it's a great way to get started in the show as a first series to watch. I mean, it's only six episodes. So you get started really quick, and after that, you can start with the first Gundam show, work your way into Zeta, and on from there.
3: Mm-hmm. So by the end of the 80s here, you know, we've got uh, Gundam having come back and become a very large franchise and move past its main storyline to you know, these OAV sequels, which moves us to the 90s. And there's an even longer list. So uh, looking at this list, you can probably see that uh, this is the most active time period for Gundam we got a whole slew of shows starting with F91 which is a uh, initially planned as a TV show and then turned into a kind of like hastily made movie leading for a uh, final product that's entertaining but um, a little flawed it was kind of like a sort of roughly uh loose retelling of the original series you know and some of its story elements and uh, that was followed up by Gundam0083, a.k.a. Uh, Top Gundam. <laughs> yeah, the only thing it's missing is uh, Kenny Loggins. You got fancy animation. You've got uh, nice... Little, oh, what do you got back there? GP-01. Oh, Someone's got a GPO one in the audience. You know, it's got uh, nice-looking mobile suits, um, pretty cruddy characters, and a kind of muddled story. <laughs> <laughs> well, what would you... Uh, have to add to that, uh, Mr. Neo.
4: <laughs> oh, with zero zero eight three. Yes. Um, yeah, just like you said, kind of, kind of like Top Gun, where it's very pretty to look at, but in just the sense of a story and everything, very shallow. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> it Jerry Bruckheimer Gundam. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's enjoyable. I'm just glad it wasn't any longer than what it was.
3: <laughs> Could have been shorter than what it was. Could have been shorter too. And then we've got uh, following after that. Uh, you know, the most active period of Gundam where we had four years in a row of four TV shows. You have uh, Victory Gundam taking the story out even further. You've got a uh, very young protagonist um, fighting in this sort of paramilitary conflict against uh, insane space fascists, a.k.a. the Zenskar Empire. For any of you who've seen the show, you pretty much would agree that they're insane uh, space fascists because they're all psychopaths like... Um, One one way of um, interrogating you is to, uh, you know, put you naked into a bathtub with a hot naked woman and like squeeze your face between her chest because somehow this will get you to tell her information, (laughs) or not. I mean, you'll say, yes, really. Yeah. (laughs) Picked your interest, huh? Or or the uh, space bikini girls uh, with bazookas trying to shoot you down, (laughs) but that has an entirely different outcome, and you'll just have to see that for yourself because I won't spoil that surprise. And, and when we're talking about the evolution of uh, this franchise, uh, nothing probably says that better than uh, G Gundam. Everyone here seen G Gundam? Yeah. So if you've seen G Gundam, you don't need me to tell you how completely different it is from you know, the rest of the franchise. You've got this mobile suit tournament where um, it kind of flips the whole story where instead of uh, the Earth suppressing the space colonies. You've got the space colonies suppressing the dirty earth, and everyone on earth pretty much lives in poverty. And it's a nasty place that's polluted, and you have this tournament where every four years you've got gunners fighting like it's the Olympics, except that uh, whoever wins rules the universe. So. You know, you got that whole thing. You've got uh, this story about uh, the Devil Gundam and about uh, nanotechnology, and you've got a main character who is fighting on this personal crusade to, you know, save his his father and clear his family's name. Very, very different from, um, from the traditional Gundam War story. And if you're a fan of uh, Asian martial arts films, you I mean, you can see countless number of influences in... Um, in that and I'm sure you could speak to that Neo being oh, yeah. a fan Master of that Asia.
4: In all, the, the villain of all in all Shaw Brothers films <laughs> so but yeah it's definitely a departure um, it's kind of funny that uh, Mobile Suit Gundam was kind of the point that you went away from the super robot and then with this show they embrace it and like I've always said if, if you kind of look at this in pa- on paper you don't think it would work but it actually does. It's probably one of the best actual alternate centuries uh, timeline shows that there is. So. But, um, you know, G Gundam's definitely up there. And I guess that would lead us to probably the most popular one that everybody in the States knows, uh, Gundam Wing. <laughs> so, uh, well, I mean, that's what, it, pretty much the introduction of the kind of the super team. After well, Double Z had it, but it wasn't well, as well. G
3: Gundam had the, the super team, super team you know, the, the Shuffle Alliance, the Sentai thing. So Wing kind of uh, can you know continued that. And if you look at Wing compared to like G Gundam and and the original Gundam series, you can kind of see how it mixes a little bit of elements of both. Where you've got you know the story of um, Earth versus space, but uh, it's like a Sentai team that's doing it, and you know they kind of changed that a little bit too because rather than at the beginning at least, like a formal giant war between the two, you got these five kids and their invincible Gundams waging like a guerrilla campaign against the the evil uh, Earth forces, and that kind of flipped things around. Of course, later on, you know, you threw in stuff like uh, masked men and, uh, you know, shifting alliances i don't know how many times and and shifting evil organizations of the week and then it ended up with a big giant space battle with a big nasty thing yeah, being thrown the, at earth and um
4: doomsday weapons
3: yes yeah, so those are the typical gundam doomsday weapons that you always come to expect and i guess are disappointed if you don't see
4: <laughs> i guess you could say
0: that
3: comments on uh, gundam Wingdale
0: no thanks for a lot of people like you said it was their introduction for this generation and I mean, if you didn't like it the first time, it seems like a lot of people did. It does rewatch pretty well the second time around. Yeah. It's definitely worth going back to. I mean, it's been out for a while now, and
3: that's yeah. been my experience over the years.
0: Even for yourself, you had mentioned that we were discussing this panel before and planning it.
3: If there's anyone uh, who uh, visits mhq.net, uh, if you look over my uh, reviews of Gundam Wing written up maybe eight or nine years ago, you'll find that they're none too kind. And I've certainly gotten plenty of hate mail over the years for that. But uh, in watching the show over and over again the last few years. Uh, my opinion has definitely changed, so uh, if you do read those, please don't send me any hate mail. I'm going to be reviewing <laughs> the show. I get enough hate mail. Don't need any more. <laughs> so, uh, Neo, why don't you uh, tell us a bit about uh, Gundam X, since that's one of our favorites, and talk about how that kind of well, supported s- everything.
4: Then we skip O8. Uh,
3: we'll get back to that in a minute. Okay.
4: Uh, Gundam X, uh, another one of the alternate century Gundams uh, set in kind of a what-if kind of universe. Um, People that are familiar with Mobile Suit Gundam Universal Century you know that a lot of stuff had happened with uh, space colonies actually hitting the Earth, and they've done it like one or two times in the actual timeline. This kind of takes the whole kind of approach that this was a final end-all, be-all, and the Earth was basically devastated. You have a a Mad Max type of world, you, you know, and you have all the kind of cliches and all the things that you would normally have in a Gundam show, but kind of takes it a different route, because there's not really one point that you want to get to at the beginning of, um, of the show. Like, most Gundam, most Mecha, most anime in general, you always have, well, by the end of the episode, you know that you were the point that they want to get to at the end of the show, but this one, you didn't. It just kind of went on a little, um, you know, a little journey, and uh, actually ends up being one of the uh, more solid of the alternate century shows. Unfortunately, it shares a lot with the first show, which uh, it was canceled early in its run too. It only ran about what thirty-nine episodes, forty. Yeah. So um, you know, it kind of. But it's also one of those ones that it seems like everybody's been uh, getting a lot more into uh, lately. And um, you know, if you have not checked it out, I would definitely see check it out. And. and uh... That was the
3: end of, as I said, the most active period of of Gundam because you had the the four years straight of uh, Gundam shows from 93 up to uh, 96. You know, thrown into the mix there, you had uh, 8th MS Team, which you probably might have seen on Cartoon Network a few years ago, kind of the ground-pounding Gundams in the jungle. (laughs) Kind of a more realistic take with... um, you know, these ground Gundams fighting against uh, Zeon forces. Of course, the uh, expected Gundam love on the battlefield, which you always have. Uh, you also had in the 90s uh, Endless Waltz, just a sequel to Gundam Wing, three episodes, nothing too much to say there. It was a nice way to uh, have you buy the same Gundams all over again because they were fancy redesigns.
4: Big plug commercial.
3: And uh, then, of course, you have a series that's very, very controversial when you talk about uh, the evolution of Gundam and you know what people qualify as what is or what isn't. You know, When it comes to that, people always point to G Gundam and Turn A Gundam, which was the 20th anniversary show 10 years ago, which means, of course, we're now in the 30th anniversary this year. Yeah. And if you haven't seen Turn A Gundam, uh, probably the best way to describe it to you in one sentence would be it's what you would get if Miyazaki did a Gundam show. In terms of tone, yeah. appearance, uh, you've got a great soundtrack by Yoko Kano, you've got this world where technology has, uh, you had an, a, sort of like an apocalypse kind of, and civilization basically started all over again, and they're only at World War I level, but they're getting attacked by mobile suits from the moon. And you've got a very unconventional-looking in which I don't have a picture of here, but if you see it, you'll know that it's unconventional. You go to the dealer's room, you can see some of the master grades. <laughs> what was that? She said worst. I hope you're joking. I really do.
4: White devil with mustache?
3: See, those of was listening to the podcast, someone in the audience shouted, worst Gundam design ever, and... See, so you just got to watch the show and see it for yourself because I didn't like it too much either. But once you actually see it do stuff, you'll you'll change your opinion.
4: It it loses that um, it loses that shock value by like the third episode. You yeah. really don't think about it anymore. You're like, okay, you know.
3: And in this show, compared to all of the previous shows, uh, obviously it's still a Gundam show. You're gonna have mecha combat, but it's much more character based, and uh, they spend a lot of time developing pretty wide range of characters and kind of leads you into the plot which is a nice spin on the typical earth versus space because it's not just space people want to take over earth kind of is but there's a much deeper reasoning behind behind it this time than just the usual you know crazy genocidal fascists who want earth for themselves and nobody else and uh, that leads us to the 21st century I'm sure a lot of more recent fans are familiar with some of these shows. Uh, The first Gundam of the 21st century, Gundam Seed, aired on Cartoon Network a few years ago. Um, Kind of in the beginning, a a remake loosely, if you want to call it that, or copycat if, if you really don't like the show, of the original Gundam series. You have kind of the typical Earth versus space. This time uh, it's coordinators who are genetically engineered, more advanced people versus naturals, which would just be regular schmoes like all of us. And you've got, you know, a zillion Gundam designs, some of which have become very popular, the strike, the freedom. Uh, Basically, it was a way to bring Gundam to a whole new audience, uh, kind of like how, you know, shows like Wing did in the 90s, because uh, as uh, the people at Funimation Entertainment are fond of saying, um... There's a new nine-year-old born every day (laughs) who's waiting to discover a franchise and get sucked into it and suck their parents' finances into it. So, you know, there's a whole generation of kids who never saw any of those shows from the 80s or 90s, and for a lot of them, Gundam Seed was their introduction. Uh, You had a sequel to that, Seed Destiny, which, uh, well, very popular in Japan, uh, didn't really... um, do much for that uh, universe in terms of moving the story forward. It aired in Canada, didn't air in uh, North America, had some good Dun- Gundam designs, and uh, very, very controversial with uh, fans. Maybe you could hit on that, Neo. we just talked well, I'm not going to go recently. too much
4: into it, but yeah, I would say um, controversial in the fact that I think it's one of the few shows that's either really loved or really hated. Uh, there's no really gray area in this one. Um, you know, so... Uh, started off well um didn 't end as probably as well as it should have, so I mean, but led us into uh, Stargazer, which was kind of a novel thing that they did um It was not necessarily like an o v a but it was something that they uh Bandai streamed over um over the internet live streaming, and the other thing about it was it was only about fifteen minutes and it showed one it was more or less a side story within the destiny timeline. Uh, kind of jumped around once again, kind of like Endless Walls, a way to sell new uh, models, you know, m- new remakes of uh, existing existing uh, suits out there. So, um,
3: which yeah. uh, brings us to uh, you know a couple of uh, related series, Legend of the Space Nazis, A.K.A. MS Igloo. In this series, uh, it's kind of a first because um, for the first time, you had Gundam moving to entirely uh, CG animation. Which led to some uh, kind of crazy-looking people with crazy facial expressions (laughs) that would creep you out. Kind of like if you saw Final Fantasy Spirits Within and were creeped out by the way people looked in that movie. Yeah, you have that here. Um, You got a story that goes back to the original series. Uh, It's like definitely a a series for techies. The first MS Igloo um, focuses on the Xeon and all of their crazy, wacky prototypes that explode and die at the end. And the second MS Igloo, which is being released right now, uh, takes it to sort of like an even earlier stage where you have uh, the Federation with no mobile suits. So if you are like one of these military otaku who loves rifles and jeeps and tanks and airplanes and all that stuff, then this is the series for you because it's sort of like basically World War II with mobile suits, the way it's depicted. I mean, if, if you didn't see Zakus or anything in there, it could almost be like some kind of World War II thing. It's almost like, like Valkyria Chronicle or something like that, like just an alternate World War II scenario. Um, we've got Gundam 00, which is the latest series. Maybe you've seen it on the Sci-Fi Channel. Anybody? No no, no love for 00? I've, I've seen it. Clap for us, because there's people on the Internet eventually who, who are going to hear this. <laughs> Now, if we talk about uh, switching things around, Devil O really uh, shakes things up. You've got uh, you know this private organization celestial being who decides to end war by jumping into the middle of conflicts with uber powerful Gundams and disarming everybody, and uh, really is a mix of the original story because you know you've got all of these different factions. You got these three superpowers that. Um, you know, are all opposing each other. But you've got a really, really, really complicated set of politics, and they really take their time to um, set up those politics but make it relatable to, you know, the current situation of this world. I mean, even three, three centuries in the future, but if it wasn't for mobile suits. It could almost be today, which is kind of the whole idea. Um, you know, you've got ethnic conflicts, religious conflicts. You've got, you know imperialism, all the sorts of stuff, but then you throw in mobile suits, and uh, the show's still airing. The second season is just about to wrap up in Japan in a uh, few weeks, and since I mentioned earlier, we're in the 30th anniversary. Uh, We've got a Gundam OAV coming out, well, presumably an OAV, that will uh, go back to the one-year war post-era yet again, Uh, have some Federation troops cleaning up um, Xeon forces that are still running around after the war. It's only a year after that. And not much more information. And talking about uh, the evolution of uh, mecha franchises, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Macross. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Going through this real quickly, uh, I mean, if you're in your 20s or 30s, then chances are you probably saw Robotech on TV which was produced from Macross, um, probably one of the most well-known mecha franchises in the real robot era after Gundam because uh, it set off the whole transforming craze of the 80s that I mentioned with Zeta Gundam. I mean, after uh, Macross came in with its transforming fighter jets, pretty much every freaking show in the 80s, up until the late 80s, threw in a transforming mecha somewhere. Even if you had a show where there were no transforming mecha, they would throw in at least one just because that was all the rage back in those days. Uh, and talking about the real robot kind of world view that uh, Gundam set off, you know, this show took it even further where you had the main character, uh, Hikaru Ichijo, a.k.a. Rick Hunter, was a good pilot, but he was not the best pilot on the show. You know, there were people that were better than him. Uh, Roy Fokker, uh, Max Genius, a.k.a. Max Sterling. Um... He did not have the uber-prototype mecha. I mean, he just had the same old Valkyrie that anyone else used, and he constantly crashed it and exploded them and had to keep going through them, like the way some people go through underwear. I think somebody took account of how many he went through. And you had a very different story of, um, you know, this interstellar war of humans versus a giant race of aliens, the Zentradi, where love conquers all, along with uh, J-pop. And that also set off the, uh, the idol craze. So if you uh, have seen plenty of shows with idol singers, you can thank Macross for that uh, with Lynn Minmay. Some people love her, some people hate her. I would just say, watch the Macross Minmay. She's not as annoying as the Robotech one. <laughs> Seriously. That is true.
4: Any uh, comments on Macross, Neo, before we move on? Uh, what else more can you say? I mean, uh, it's just like... Um Just like some of the earlier shows that came over, like Speed Racer and stuff, this really kind of, uh, you know, when it was made into Robotech, it probably brought, um, you know, made anime a lot more mainstream.
3: It's a gateway show.
4: Yeah. And, you know, helped bring a lot of the stuff that we watch now to the States. So, um, you know, it's, um, and and like Chris said, you you really have to look at this one because... Yes, it does have giant robots and stuff, but it does. It's a little bit. It's in a diff, much more different vein than uh, a Gundam show. Uh, a little, a little bit more about human human interest, and like you said, lots and lots of J-pop, especially in later incarnations.
3: Yeah, definitely. Uh, for the rest of the '80s, uh, you had a retelling of the series. Uh, Do you remember Love? Fantastic animation, and a little uh, musical video thing. Uh, flashback 2012. Move into the '90s and uh, we've got Macross 2, kind of a sequel OAV that's an alternate universe now. Macross Plus, uh, I'm sure plenty of people have seen it in here. It's been on uh, sci-fi channels, Stars, uh, other channels a zillion times. Uh, probably the big debut of Yoko Kano, what really uh, put her on the map for a lot of people. You have uh, Macross 7, a show that most people probably haven't seen and um, is alternately either loved or derided. It's one of those shows you either like it or love it. I mean, you I mean you love it or you hate it. There really is no middle ground with this show. I can tell you when I first watched it, I was like, what the hell is this piece of crap? And to me, it was just like, "What what is this? What the hell is happening on the screen? But... You have to go into it with the right expectations.
4: I take it you didn't listen to his song.
3: I did not listen to I did not listen to Fire Emmer's song. <laughs> and um, you got to go into it with the right expectations. It's a very different kind of show. Uh, it's a show where the main character is the musician. And rather than being a uh, J-pop idol, it's a, uh, a 90s-era rock band. Yeah. Very, very different. They actually put out a whole set of... Uh, albums for this uh, band, Firebomber. And if you've seen the show, you've probably noticed it has no soundtrack. There's no background music. Every single piece of music used in this show is Firebomber music. So if you go into this show with the right mindset and don't expect it to be like like hard guts military kind of stuff, you really will enjoy it. And having seen the show again over the years with that new mindset, um, I've been able to really enjoy it now. And can market up there with the best of them uh... dynamite seven just a sequel to um, seven that continues some of the story and um, throws in some uh... some rapist lesbians and some singing space whales and i'll just leave it at that we go into the two thousands we've got macross zero which was um, the twentieth uh, anniversary macross oav it brought in uh... cg valkyries and uh... was a prequel to the original series and kind of confusing we move on. We got Macross Frontier. Maybe you've seen that show. Uh, I got somebody. Oh, got a got a poster. Someone raising their hand. Some other guys. This was the uh, sort of the 25th anniversary show. Um, you know, it takes some of the elements of the old Macross. You've got you know the idol singer. You've got the sort of accidental pilot. You've got a mysterious enemy, and um, you've got a whole bunch of nods to pretty much every Macross series ever. They even do a, they film a movie about Macross Zero in the show, which in itself is kind of a play on Macross 7 where they filmed a movie about the original Macross during that show. And you've got music again by Yoko Kano. And where the where it subverts the original series is that uh, there's some things that happen that you expect to kind of go one way, uh, say a certain event involving... uh, food cooked from pineapples with a certain pilot. You expect that to play out a certain way, but the opposite happens. Uh, Rather than having an open enemy where you know exactly who the enemy is at the beginning, it takes you a long time to find out what's really going on because it's a conspiracy-style storyline. But uh, definitely this show has proved to be... uh, you know, sort of a rejuvenation of the franchise because as you can see from what we've looked at so far, Macross, even though being well known, does not have a gazillion shows like Gundam. Unlike the next franchise we're gonna look at. Oh boy. Transformers. Nice. And uh just some some, some fair warning. Um we are gonna go after the Sacred Cow a little bit here, so just putting that out there before we start. Uh, Transformers. Uh, who's, who's seen Transformers? Have you seen Transformers? Clap. Don't raise your hand. The internet can't see your hands. What can we say about Transformers? You know, you had um, these sort of battle between the Autobots and the Decepticons, and you know, Optimus Prime, the heroic leader. A whole bunch of toys that I know I slavishly collected when I was 5 years old and and made my parents buy for me. I know they (laughs) grimaced when they had to buy Optimus Prime for me. You know, this show was a uh, huge sort of gateway show for Mecha fans because it sort of came in that exact same era when you had Voltron airing here, you had Robotech, uh, you had uh, the cheap wannabe (laughs) GoBots. So what do you think that um, Transformers did for for Mecca Dale, mainly in America, since we're talking about just the first series? Well,
0: it's kind of one of those rare shows. I mean, it started out in America, and it was waning in popularity. Then it jumped over as you're probably going to get into Japan, into a whole new life. And it was kind of the movie that was that middle point that was that gateway. And if you haven't watched the movie in a while, go back and watch it, because it does hold up. It's beautiful animation. It's... Very hard edge for what it was. I mean, the number of characters that die in the first half yeah. probably shocked a lot of the fans. Who, sure. who didn't
3: cry when they were six years old and Optimus Prime right. died. I know I did. Not i not to admit it.
5: I bawled like a baby.
3: <laughs> but I will say yep. that the original Transformers show, when you look back at it now, man, some of that shit was just really stupid. I mean, there's some. I mean, it's a great show, and there's still some uh, some great episodes to it. But you gotta kind of take off the nostalgia glasses and see. <laughs> good God, this show was like really retarded sometimes. It's like, what stupid plan will Megatron launch this week <laughs> to get defeated? How many more times will Starscream be a little bitch and try to take over and fail? <laughs> but you know, that just kind of came from it being a weekly. I mean, a daily American show. And for people who are here in the panel with us, you're looking at this list here, and uh, after Transformers and the movie, you might be looking at these other shows lists and be like, what the hell are these things? And as Dale mentioned, you know, the popularity of the series waned in America, so they ended it with a little brief four epi- three-episode fourth season. But uh, in Japan, it kept going strong, and you had The Headmasters, yeah. which um, kind of is like a fourth season. It ignores that American ending and continues... Um, yeah with the same characters. Unfortunately, uh, Optimus, three episodes into the series, dies yet again. Yeah. I don't know. The guy's just got like a, a sacrifice complex. I don't know. I mean, first opportunity he gets, he sacrifices himself. He's like, here, Rodimus, have the, the frickin' Matrix again. <laughs> yet, at the same time, I will note, uh, Blaster and Soundwave have a duel to the death. Yeah where they both die, and it's kind of amusingly uh, summed up with a very sad laser beak flying away with Soundwave's head. And Blaster's kind of dead, you know, because he, he turns gray like all Transformers do when they die. They decide to rebuild him into some other guy. Optimus? Mm, not so much. So it's like the cassette guy apparently was useful enough that he could be rebuilt into somebody else. The best leader they ever had? Nah, eh, he's, he's already died a whole bunch of times. Why bring him back? <laughs> But then um, things started to take a really, really different turn with Master Force. That was the second Japanese exclusive Transformers. And and you watch this show and you really don't know what you're watching. It doesn't really look much like Transformers because uh, you've got, um, you know, the Autobots and Decepticons, or as they're called in Japan, the Cybertrons and the Destrons. And even though it takes place after Headmasters, it looks like it takes place in the 80s but it is a sequel. And you've got these Autobots who, uh, they can turn into cars, they can turn into robots, and they can turn into humans, which is kind of odd. And the uh, Decepticons, they have been kind of hiding out on Earth, and they take the forms, rather than vehicles, they take the forms of uh, ancient monsters from Earth and of creatures from human mythology. So basically, they're all monsters. So you kind of feel like you're watching an animated, like, tokusatsu show. And you got these kids who uh, put on these, like, little, like, uh, armor suits, and they get into these vehicles that transform, and they're, like, junior headmasters. So you really have kind of like a Japanese-style robot show that just happens to be called Transformers. So that really kind of went very far away from, you know, what you kind of would expect of uh, Transformers. Not to say it's bad, but it's very different from, kind of like, the formula. And it kind of just went further on in Victory and uh, Zone, which um, just went even more in the uh, direction of the Japanese mecha show. Um, In fact, Victory was followed up by uh, the first show in the Brave series. If you've seen Gawa Gaigar, then you know about that very long-running franchise of Super Robots. And, in fact, some of the um, robots that you see in Victory the very next year, were recycled into Brave X Kaiser because both shows were sponsored by the toy maker Takara, so they just copied some of those, repainted them, and put them right into both shows. And you can sort of see the similarity uh, in those two franchises because you know, in Brave series, you've got uh, sentient robots and you know little kids running around, and they're defending the Earth from alien threats. We go into the '90s, and you got Beast Wars, which Yes, You don't get much more different from the original Transformers than Beast Wars, and that's a good thing. Because rather than the usual sort of formula of Transformers of Autobots and Decepticons come to Earth and have a battle, you've got um, sort of this long war between an isolated group of uh, the Predacons and the Maximals, which are the descendants of, of those two races and they're on this kind of weird planet that uh, has got dinosaurs running around and they take on the forms of animals and through a whole bunch of uh, twists you find out that in fact they're not just on some weird planet, they're on Earth millions of years ago. As you can see in this uh, screenshot, you've got uh, Megatron from Beast Wars uh, with his namesake, the original Megatron. There was a really great arc where uh, they discover the arc with all of the deactivated Autobots and Decepticons and um, basically uh, Beast Wars Megatron decides to pull a Biff Tannen and mess with the future and you got this whole crazy situation where uh, Optimus Primal is holding the spark of Optimus Prime and turns into uh, Optimal Optimus which could be a tongue twinger, tongue twister if you try to say that five times fast and what really set Beast Wars apart from any show before it or since is that they really spent a lot of time focusing on the characters and uh, who hasn't watched that show and really hasn't loved the character of Dinobot you got a guy who starts off you know like like kind of villainous and uh, you know he joins the um the maximals, and over time, you sort of see like the evolution of this guy, you know, all the way up to the end with his sort of heroic sacrifice. And I mean, it's kind of like it's his story. You know, you could argue that the show is his story because there's so much stuff in this uh, story that just changes over time. You know, you've got Optimus turning into a leader. You've got you know all of these guys who sort are of stepping up to the plate. You've got Megatron who actually is smart and isn't just, you know, launching stupid hair-brain plants every week, and you've got, you know, characters that you really come to care for, even though they're robots. Um, In Japan, you had, in between the seasons, they had their own Beast Wars shows that have nothing to do with this one, but kind of featured the same designs, um, recycled. Beast Wars, of course, also went all CG, which a lot of people didn't like. And, uh, yeah, the first season looks pretty frickin' primitive, these days, but as you get on in later years, the CG gets much, much better. The Japanese Beast Wars, uh, those were traditional animation. Then you got Beast Machines, uh, kind of less well-received sequel to Beast Wars. Kind of continued the story. And we are into the 2000s. You have uh, Robots in Disguise, um, a.k.a. Car Robots. Not a show that I've really seen, so I can't really comment on it, but it's kind of the same story of, you know, Autobots and Decepticons fighting on Earth. After that, we've got uh, kind of the series that are the uh, introduction for that new generation of nine-year-olds, the, uh, what's called the Unicron Trilogy, starting with uh, Armada and going through uh, with Energon and Cybertron. And Armada... You know, unfortunately, as as a show to introduce to a new generation of fans, kind of falls flat in some aspects because you know you've got some annoying things like the three ethnically diverse kid sidekicks, including you know the um, you know the token Hispanic guy who's like, "Hey, Rad, let's go to my house for dinner. My mom's making some tacos." <laughs> Which, if you've seen the show, you know I'm not really exaggerating that much pretty bad and like you know the stupid fat bully guys and you know it's it was kind of silly at first but the show got better later on and uh you know it was carried through in some of the other shows of course we had a few years ago the transformers live action movie probably seeing that that's a <laughs> long long in coming movie and um very controversial for some people who uh, kind of wanted to see something more along the lines of the original series but uh, this was a very different take and I know a lot of people didn't like that they focused more on the humans rather than the um, you know the Transformers but it's probably going to be uh, changed in Revenge of the Fallen the sequel that's coming out in a few months you know the Transformers definitely the, the movie had some faults you know I'm not going to I'm not going to hold it up as the best thing ever. Certainly you had some some kind of Michael Bayisms, you know, the director who likes to throw in things like, "Hey, here's like this like Uber hacker chick who's also like uber hot and here's a comic relief guy and here's some military guys and you know, oh, here's this other uber hot chick who is going out with a jerk, but she's actually really nice. Oh, and by the way, she's also like, you know, an Uber mechanic too." which comes in handy at certain points. Uh, Another show, when we're talking about, uh, you know, playing around with the formula, Transformers Animated. It's a very different kind of show. You know, the the character designs of the robots, very different from, um, you know, what uh, you've seen before. And a lot of people kind of piss on the show for that, which is really kind of unfair because, like Beast Wars, it develops a whole set of characters uh, in a very interesting way, you've got Optimus Prime. Rather than being the leader of the Autobots, he's basically a nobody. And uh, all of his guys are basically just space repairmen. Yeah. And they're kind of looked down upon by the rest of the Autobots who are part of the uh, Cybertron Elite Guard. They're trapped on Earth. They're fighting against you know the uh, Decepticons who are all an experienced fighting force. And these guys kind of have to just develop into warriors when that was not what they were ever intended to do. And you really sort of see the sort of development of Optimus Prime from, you know, just being, like, basically a nobody to, you know, developing into a leader and gaining the respect of, of other people. Uh, the show's already had two seasons on Cartoon Network, and uh, there's a third coming. Of course, as I mentioned, Revenge of the Fallen's coming out in, um, in a few years. We don't have enough time left to talk about uh, Votomes, which is a great show, and uh, if you want to find out some more about it, you should go to our website, mhq.net, uh, with the few remaining minutes we have, I'd like to uh, just kick it to some audience questions. If you want to uh, make a comment on any of the shows we've discussed or if you just have a general question, just raise your hand and Nia will come around to you. Anybody got some questions? Not all at once now. Don't overwhelm us. <laughs> all right. Yes, sir, what's your name? My name's Alex. Um, my question is...
6: Uh, I hear a rumor that someone somewhere, either in California or Japan, I'm not sure where, but they're actually building an actual Gundam. I know. I thought it was crazy as well, but I saw pictures. Mm -hmm. It looked legit, but I'm not sure.
3: Is it a kind of like a Zeta Gundam-looking thing without a backpack?
6: Yeah, pretty much.
3: Okay, that's like a dinosaur old picture that's been on the Internet for I don't know how many years. Uh, It was just sort of uh, like a one-third scale thing that was built just for show doesn't actually do anything. It's just there for, for display. Uh, any other questions from anybody in the audience? Or any comments? Okay, you in the green. What's your name, sir?
6: My name's Matt. I just have a very general question about, like, sure. do you remember Love?
3: Mm-hmm.
6: Wouldn't it be, like, just great if it could come over here and on Blu-ray? I
3: would, I would, I would crap my pants if that, that movie came it out It would on have Blu-ray. to be on
6: Blu-ray. I mean, that thing has probably the best animation, you know, like...
3: You watch it now and that movie yeah. still really holds yeah. up. I mean, aside from, like, the music and the hairstyles, I mean, it I like looks music. better than stuff that comes out now, honestly. Uh, oh,
6: I, definitely. From 1984, looking at the animation, like, how fluid it is and how, like, how well they did, it, like, the shading and everything. is just great.
3: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you can just see all the loving detail in that movie. Unfortunately, it's caught up in a whole bunch of legal rights issues, so we'll probably never see it, but uh, one, one can dream. Uh, anyone else have any questions or comments you want to share? Yes, ma'am.
9: Have you seen Pat Labor?
3: Oh, uh, definitely. I mean, if we had more time, I, I definitely wanted to talk about that show. Uh, for people who haven't seen it, uh, Pat Labor's a great show. Uh, it's uh, kind of like a comedy drama about uh, you know, the slice of life of a bunch of crazy police officers who use um, robots to fight crime. And it may sound silly, but it's really probably one of the best mecha shows you can ever see. So, I would highly, highly, highly recommend that show to anybody. You can find it pretty cheap on the Internet, so it's a great show. Pat Labor, Mobile Police Pat Labor. Any other questions or comments? Okay. Over here. Yes, sir. What's your name? Uh, Vincent. What's your question, Vincent? Um, I was wondering, in your
6: opinion, mm-hmm. for Universal Century Gundam, do you think if Operation Odessa or if Jabra, if either one of those have gone the other way, which do you think would have had more influence? It's a bet me and my friend have going.
3: Mm. Um, in the the Jabrow invasion? Yeah. It's kind of hard to say. I mean, there's so many, like, what-ifs of what could have happened. You know, Odessa was sort of like the the end of uh, the war for Xeon on Earth, but uh, even if they had one, I mean, you had so many other things, like everyone from all these different factions at each other's throats, a whole bunch of resources being wasted on a bunch of crap that doesn't work. So... I mean, it's certainly possible, I think, that no matter what happened, they probably would have lost because they had so many problems of their own that they just couldn't get their act together. So it's kind of hard to say because there's so many variables of what could have gone one way or the other. So I hope that kind of answers your question, but there's not much of an answer I can give. There's so many different things going on in those two, uh, those two battles. You, sir, in the tie, you had a question? Uh, yes. What's your name?
8: Armando. I'm, oh, actually, I'm Clark Kent from the Daily Planet. Um, just a quick question about the, besides, besides Gundam Zero Zero, what uh-huh. are the chances of them possibly redoing dubs or just doing dubs for previous Gundams? Mm-hmm. And also, what do you think, uh, have you ever seen Sidebuster? And if you have, what did you think about that one?
3: The uh, the Sidebuster anime? Yeah. Haven't, haven't seen it. Um, I've, I've heard that it's kind of mediocre, both in terms of animation and story, but... I did see the uh, Super Robot Wars uh, show and the OAV. I did join those, so I might check out Cybuster. Buster. Uh, your other question, unfortunately, um, you know, and this is sort of a, a truism here in America, old stuff doesn't really sell. Unless it happens to be called Dragon Ball Z. So, um, hey, dubs hey, hey. are expensive to produce, and I think, I mean, the average cost is about $10,000 an episode. So if you have something that's just not going to appeal to a wide variety of people, the chance of it being dubbed is going to be really low. So you've seen a lot of old shows now getting released in America, no matter what genre they are, that are undubbed because it's just not worth the cost of dubbing it. So with the older Gundam shows, I mean, they probably won't even be released here, honestly. But if they were, I would expect them to be sub-only boxes because there's just, it's just not worth dubbing them. They won't make back their money. You, sir, you had a question. yeah. Uh, but um, on that little uh,
1: old anime stuff. Mm-hmm. But didn't they like, uh, re-release uh, Zeta Gundam into
7: America and then dub it, add a dub onto that as well? So like they could have done Gundam X and turn A Gundam. You know,
3: well, a unfortunately, there. when it comes to Gundam, um, with some of the shows, especially the ones directed by Yoshiki Tomino, the creator of Gundam, when it comes to shows by him, you've got Bandai in Japan and Sunrise calling the shots. And they've told um, you know, Bandai Entertainment here what to do. I'm sure Bandai Entertainment probably didn't want to push the original Gundam show after Wing because I can recall back in the day, uh, when the original Gundam show started up here everybody expected it to be like Wing and these people who came in via Wing saw it and were like, what the heck is this? There's only one Gundam. It looks stupid. I mean, I can understand that reaction. If you see this and you expect that everything's going to be like that, and on top of that, it's, it's a really, really old show. So, unfortunately, um, and this is true of a lot of companies in Japan, they know nothing about the American market, but they think they know everything. And Sunrise thought, hey, Gundam's really huge here. If we push this Universal Century stuff in America, it'll become really big there, too. Slight difference. Slight difference. It had a 20-year history in Japan by that point. It had no history here. It's like, you know, like, say a country never saw the original Star Wars movies, and they bring out the prequel trilogy, and then suddenly they just push after that the old trilogy, and, like, all of the stuff related to the old trilogy, and you get people saying, what the heck is this old stuff? It looks old. And that's kind of, it's kind of a rough comparison, but that's kind of the equivalent of what was happening with Gundam here, and, I mean, there's countless numbers of shows from countless anime companies that, you know, they try to push it here a certain way, they think they know everything about what the fans want, and uh, it kind of fails. I mean, if, you've, if you followed, um, like, say, Toei, when they got into the American market releasing shows like Slam Dunk, I mean, they just totally screwed everything up, and rather than try to fix their mistakes, they just pulled out of the American market entirely. So that's just, it's across the board a problem. One last question, then we got to go. You, sir, in the back, yes. Uh,
9: Do
8: you think we'll ever see Macross Zero in the States?
3: Probably not. Uh, I mean, it's sort of the eternal um, thing of the um, legal rights of Harmony Gold, and uh, it's just such a complicated issue, and it's a possibility, a very slim possibility, but as I said yesterday, someone had a question. um, Hello, freeze over first, I think. So... Uh, we're pretty much out of time. I'd like to thank you all for coming to our podcast slash panel. You can check it out in a few weeks at uh, Gundam.net. That's our uh, podcast site. If you want to hear some more about some of the shows we've discussed, you can go to MHQ.net. You can visit uh, our forums at Mecha Talk. I'd like to thank uh, Anime Sushi and the staff of Megacon for hosting us. Uh, I'd like to thank also Adam for being our podcast man, recording Ooh. everything.
5: <laughs> Not blame. And Thank you.
3: If you have any uh, just follow-up questions, we'll be outside for a few minutes. And if you want information on any other shows, just check out some of these other websites we have listed for uh, Macross and Gundam information. Thank you. And you've been listening to Gundam at mahq.net.
1: I have been having a very bad day. Just got out of jail this morning. Already I have been shot at. I
5: was on the bus and flipped over 17 times. Bitch tried to stab me in the bathroom. Somebody blew up my Porsche. I am in a bad (laughs) damn mood. Now I usually don't jump in when somebody's getting beat down. But this man Jack Cates is going to help me straighten out the rest of my day.
1: Now I suggest you all back up and let us go about our business.
2: Because you got a gun?
1: No, because I have a gun and I pop a cap in your
5: ass. Striking out on finding your favorite manga, anime, or series merchandise nearby or online? Lost when it comes to finding pop music from Japan, Hong Kong, and other Asian markets? Well, then Florida Oriental Trading is here to help. If you live in the Central Florida area, head on over to the intersection of Colonial Drive and Mills Avenue near downtown Orlando. You'll find FOT right next to the CVS Pharmacy. For those who live abroad, find out more about our favorite store online at FloridaOrientalTrading.com or call them directly at area code 407-895-0650. FOT carries a large selection of merchandise such as Art books, t-shirts, posters, wall scrolls, soundtracks, PVC figurines, models, and much, much more Also, it's a great place to find imports of your favorite musical artists And the latest films from Japan, Hong Kong, and other Asian countries Last but not least Florida Oriental Trading is not only home to the best selection of anime on DVD in Central Florida, but there you'll find a wide variety of manga too. On top of that, all of their manga is always priced at 20% less than retail, daily. 20%. That's right, Frank. 20%. Florida Oriental Trading is open every day except Wednesdays from 10 a.m. to 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You even find them open most holidays. So if you're local, stop on by and visit Kwan and Debbie, or give them a call at area code 407-895-0650. And give them the business. Tell them Gundam and MAHQ sent you.
1: Open. Gundam it, open! Prime, you said the Matrix would light our darkest hour. Magnus! I want the Matrix! Never!
5: Back to the show with more game than Las Vegas. That's right, Gundam at MAHQ. And in this segment, we're kind of going to uh, flip the, the script. <laughs> <one>. for, uh, <laughs> no pun intended. But well, we're going we're gonna to flip the subject, and we're going to talk about some um, shows that we do recommend, some shows that are underrated. And um, we're going to kick it off, uh, talking about that. And then we're going to turn the mic to you guys in the audience, and you guys can name some of your picks about underrated shows that don't get noticed by the masses. But um, I'll kick it off to my man Dale here,
0: and he can give his first recommendation for a show that he would recommend. Also, real quick, we've been taking names throughout the whole show, so if you haven't given your name, raise your hand. Tanya will come around in the corner for the drawing. And I guess for a first underrated show, like for shows that maybe nobody watched but they should, I'm going to throw out Pat Labor. We discussed that last night as well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Let's get some thoughts on that.
4: Um, I mean, just, it's really, it's really hard not to say that um i, I think it's one of these shows that uh, people know about it i mean the name is out there people have heard pat labor but it's definitely one of those uh type of it's one of those shows that you do need to see um you know because it suffers a lot of ways i think the same disease that a lot of shows do um you know people heard something they haven't seen it but then they tell everybody about it like they're an expert on it um, well it 's like
3: I said last night uh, it 's it's the most commercially available anime show that yeah. nobody ever bought
4: yeah <laughs> yeah because it 's been all over it used to, They used to play the movies on stars, I think they still do on one of those uh, digital cable channels every once in a while I see. Um, but um definitely definitely a show, uh even though it does have mecha in it, I think just the overall story, the themes within it, um most people that are interested in anime, especially some of the science fiction anime um you know they would definitely like that um you know it has great social commentary like a lot of um like a lot of shows do but uh chris
3: it's it's a it's a great sort of like police slice-of-life dramedy that just yeah. happens to have robots in it. Yeah. I mean, the robots aren't even really the the main focus. It's, it's the all. characters. And, you know, the fact that you've got like a gun otaku and a girl who's obsessed with robots and <laughs> a guy who doesn't care about the job that he's doing and all sorts of weirdos. Real weirdos. But they all come together. They're all like very lovable characters. Yeah. Uh, you know, the series can get very serious like in uh, the movies. Yeah. And then it can be you know, really wacky in uh, both the OAB and the TV show, so it's a fantastic show it's dirt cheap there's no reason not to buy it. go, <laughs> go watch it. You, you won't regret it. but right. uh, anybody well, else want to throw out some other ones all right <laughs> well, thank,
4: thank you mr host segment for well, passing it to us i'm sorry yet um, sure
5: again, again um... passing it out, i guess um... if anything we'll pass it on to the next person Neil? all
4: right um, now in the flip side of like we were speaking about pat labor where it's very accessible this one is a little bit more difficult uh... to find not as much but you know with the advent and the uh, of the internet it's you know anything can be found um, and this is a this is a mecha based show and, it, and the mecha does play a, a large role in the show and it's actually influenced uh, probably one of the more popular uh, animes in, that was during the 1990s and uh, the show I'm talking about is uh, Space Runaway at Dayon and it is actually done it is actually the show that was done by Yoshiyuki Tamino after the cancellation of Mobile Suit Gundam. And uh, basically, you know, far off place, um, you know, a, a colony out there, they unearth three robots. Um, then this alien race that basically is like a human, uh, they're chasing these people down for these robots because of this mysterious pe- uh, power called the a, D, a day e day e day i'm sorry um, and um, you know a lot of things start to go on these people it's a very desperate, very violent and uh, I'm sure a lot of people have heard that um you know at the end of the show pretty much the galaxy that all these people live in and where the final battle has taken place, this robot blows up everything, and uh, pretty much um, you know these people you the final time you really see these people at the end of the show, or actually at the end of the two movies, is uh, in pretty much the afterlife. And naked
3: floating ghosts. Floating happy, ghosts. Happy, naked, flo- they only understood each other once they all died.
4: Yeah. And um, it's a very depressing, very violent, but I think it is one <laughs> of those shows that you do need to uh, watch. Um, the show that I was speaking on in the 1990s that um, has got some comparisons to it, and I believe even the director said... He was influenced a little bit about it, and it's a little show of uh, Evangelion. I'm sure people have heard that before. Um, <laughs>
3: version 1 gazillion point two 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 five, which is on the Blu-ray coming soon. I, I, <laughs> and then the Ultra Ray in 20 years will have version 2,000.78 infinity squared times pi.
4: And and uh, I, I'd have to say that, that that would be the thing I would say, too, is what version... Um,
3: I would also add, if you want to get an idea, because Idian is kind of slow in the first half and kind of hard to get into, if you want to get an idea for just how brutal the show is, go to YouTube and type in Idian deaths. There's a one-minute video (laughs) set to classical music of just, like, every horrible death, little kids getting their heads blown off by bazookas, kids getting shot in the face, a woman getting shot in the... I was like, everything, everything that is horrible about this show in the good way, is all thrown in for your viewing pleasure in just one minute. So I would suggest watching that. It'll blow you away, and you'll want to watch the show. Now,
4: it's, it's good not just because of the violence. No, it's, I mean, it's, it's the, more than just The that. violence is not like it's not like a wicked city where it's just like re- gratuitous violence. No. But, um, it's I mean, just
3: part of the story of the yeah. story of, you know... Building desperation and and impending doom.
4: Yeah, I mean, if you want to see, and if you want to see where there's uh, there's two characters within this show that are probably the nicest people on earth, and they get crapped on by everybody, and I honestly don't. At the end of it, you're like, I don't even see why these people just didn't put a gun to their head because they have to deal with all these idiots around them, and nobody wants to get along. But um, that is definitely a show I, I would. Tell people to watch, um, even if you're not a mecha mecha fan. But um.
3: I would kind of throw it out since, since you know, we're here at this convention. It's kind of similar to where if you watch Battlestar Galactica, that show is now that things just keep getting worse and worse and worse progressively yeah. as time <laughs> goes on. It just keeps getting grimmer and grimmer, and people keep dying, and you're like, where is like the light at the end of the tunnel yeah. for this? If there even is an end of the tunnel for this, so it's kind of like that
4: it, it's kind of a
3: really giant robot
4: yeah and it is kind of funny and that no, you, Edward
3: james almost
4: it is kind of funny that you, um, you that you say that because there is a point in the middle part of the show where it does look like the light has kind of gotten to the end of the tunnel and they got back to you know because it's it's based uh, it starts off in a distant colony and the people get back to earth but then they get to earth and you know it, the Earthlings don't want them there. So then they're getting chased by the Earthlings, and they can't give up this robot because they've slowly found out that if if they, um, if, if they don't control it, if somebody else does, it's just going to blow up everything. Well, of course which it is, does. Which it still it does at the end. It still does at anyway. the end. But, um, that, um, that's pretty new here and there. But, Chris, uh, what would be another uh, show that would be an underrated classic that you...
3: I, I got a couple, one mecha-based... Uh, Show that if you're a visitor to MAHQ, you've probably seen on the site for many, many years, Metal Armor Dragonar. Oh. It was uh 80 show by Sunrise. It aired after uh Double Zeta. Sunrise at that point kind of wanted to make it the new Gundam. Because they thought they actually thought Gundam would die off. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. Yeah. So um they had intended Uh, Dragon R to sort of be like a Gundam-ish type show to take over and and rebuild it. And who knows, in some alternate universe, you know, you might be watching Metal Armor Dragon R 00 right now, but you're not. (laughs) So it's a a similar story to the original series. It takes quite a bit of elements. You've got this space empire that wants to be free of Earth, so they keep attacking the Earth. They develop uh, robots. The Earth has crappy pods. Um, A couple of teenagers, really, 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 really moronic teenagers get um, caught up in becoming accidental pilots, but even though it takes all those elements from Gundam, it goes in its own direction and it's a very entertaining show, fantastic mecha designs, some great battles, good story, very, very underrated, unfortunately it's not available in America so you'll have to uh, ask the internets where you can find it. (laughs) Uh, Non-Mecha show that you absolutely must watch and have no excuse not to, even though it's a zillion episodes long. Legend of the Galactic Heroes. Oh, yeah. It's a fantastic space opera um, where you have these two um, these two competing powers that have been in war forever. One of them is um, a monarchy, and then the other is a democracy and you really have a lot of social commentary about what's better to have a benevolent dictator in charge or a corrupt democracy that appeals to the lowest common denominator of society. You have uh, these two tactical experts on both sides who are pairing off against each other. You have massive fleet battles with um, hundreds of spaceships all set to classical music. And you just have a really large cast of, you know, really interesting characters. If you like sort of deep shows about space opera with a tinge of politics, you know, kind of like Deep Space Nine or Babylon 5, those kinds of shows, uh, Battlestar Galactica, the new one, you definitely would like uh, Legend of the Galactic Heroes. The main show is about 110 episodes. There's a handful of movies, and there's two side story series that total up to 50-something episodes. But... It's a really, really good series and I cannot say enough good things. I mean that in the good way, not the I can't say enough good things about this kind of (laughs) mediocre way. Really, there's not enough ways that I can praise this show because it's that good.
4: Well, I mean, 110 episodes, if you're able to sit through a bleacher on Naruto, this should be an easy day for you. you. You (laughs) Yeah,
3: if you can watch a zillion episodes of Naruto, there's no reason not to watch this. Not to knock Naruto, but... But, If you're caught up on one piece, you should give this show a shot. (laughs) You can you can you can watch this show, the main show, four times before you get to the episode count of where One Piece is. No now. doubt. <laughs> Zorro. it's already done. It's been done for years. It's 110 episodes for the main show and 52 episodes total for the two side stories and three movies. So it's out there on the internet. Um, before we turn it over to the audience, anybody have any last recommendations? Or? I do. I okay. Have one.
5: All right. Uh, a little show I like to call Neon Genesis A-Bank. No, I'm playing. <laughs> the, there was no. a show that showed up in the um, the 1980s. Um, it was also by Yoshiyuki Tomino. Um, I think it came out in 1984. Uh, no, 1983. It was the early 80s. Anyway, um, it was um, the first attempt of a mecha show being brought into a fantasy world. And it kind of had a little bit of uh, I, I always like to throw uh, uh, books... Um, uh, oh into 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 my comparisons, it kind of feels like a, a Yankee in King Arthur's court, except you know, like on an epic scale with mechas and all that stuff. It's called uh, Or, Battler Dunbine, and yeah, you, you probably heard of it but never seen it. But um, it's a, it's absolutely awesome. Um, a guy gets swept from um modern day Japan into this fantasy world where they happen to have these giant mecha yeah. that are made from these um, the, it's, they're it's just, just designed for organic I mean. parts. And they, they vibe off of the, um, they vibe off of the, um, the aura that people from the, from the Earth realm have. It kind of flows off your cheek. The people who live in that world don't have as much as people from Earth. And this kingdom has been kidnapping people from the real world into their world in order to pilot their suits to be soldiers in their army. Yeah. Well, one of them, um, the main character, meets up with this uh, red-headed girl who used to be um, a police officer in Houston and she broke away from being enslaved by the, by the Duke of that realm that's kidnapping the people and convinces him to do the same and they end up fighting alongside um, a much smaller kingdom and in the, in the, in the prince of that kingdom. They team up with him as um, freedom fighters in order to fight back against the big um, the big empire that's building and then in the middle of the series, it takes a huge twist. And I won't ruin that, but it's absolutely awesome. And it brings the, it brings the battle to a new forefront. But the show is amazing, even, even though it's up there in age. It looks almost like no anime you've ever seen. And um, it, its execution was real well. And the end is very stunning. Um, but I will, I, will, I will go ahead and um, regress. It's called Aura, A-U-R-A.
4: Aura, yeah, Aura, Battler, Dunbine.
5: Battler. And Dunbine is spelled D-U-N-B-I-N-E, and for those who, um, also not familiar with the spelling of a day on, it's um,
3: I-D-E-O-N. Both shows have been reviewed on Mhq.net. If you want to read a couple of reviews and get an idea for uh, what the show is like without getting too far in and spoiling yourself, <laughs> so at this point we're going we to turn it over. You. We only have a little bit of time for uh, audience reaction on this before we move to the general questions. So uh... you sir what's your comment on a underrated show that should be seen
10: okay i have uh, actually two shows but they're interrelated so it's okay um, the first of course is uh... turn A gundam which everyone needs to watch because it's a masterpiece definitely yes. and um... turn A gundam it's an ma- absolute masterpiece my favorite anime and the second would be uh... victory gundam which is not as good and it has issues
4: an absolute cry fest <laughs>
10: poor Rock team. But anyways, it's a very good one as well.
3: Thank you. Thank you for the recommendation. Thank you very much,
5: man. You feel strong about that. I do too. Uh, uh, all right.
10: uh, my name is Anthony. Oh. No, you're,
2: you're, you're,
10: you're, you're go ahead. All right. Um, one anime that was kind of slow at the beginning but it picked up really good and I liked it at the end
3: was Overman King Gainer. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's a great show. Cool also show. by Yoshiki Tomino.
4: Yeah, the dancing mecha in the front. I mean, how could you not like that at the, at the beginning?
11: Hi, I'm Deborah. I this isn't a mech. That's fine. Or anything, but it's a uh, tactics. I don't know if a lot of people watched that. I thought that was pretty good.
4: I've heard That's of cool. it. I've never seen it though.
11: Heard follow, but it was really pretty. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
11: it was cool. And, and I read a lot of manga, and I thought that uh, Vampire Game is the absolute best manga ever. Everybody should read it. It was wicked cool, like like a total soap opera. Especially if you like vampires or cats
4: or, or vampires, but I'm allergic to cats. So, yeah. um, but that was at least they're in paper manga form.
0: Ever.
5: <laughs> so, vampire game, cool.
4: Thank you.
0: We're going to move with the general questions at this point, and we move after that to the prize giveaway.
3: Mr. Zorro, what's your general question? For anyone who has a question, it can be anything about anything now. So.
5: Well, you, you go ahead, because I remember your arm was up, but after, after Forgive you Forgive
11: were... me for my angry rant earlier. <laughs> I, it was just that series brought some bad memories.
4: That's okay. That's okay.
11: But anyways, one series that is probably maybe... I'm not sure if it's popular or obscure, but I'm going to say it anyways. It was an influence to another recent good series in the form of Jordan Lagon, and the series is Gunbuster.
3: Well yeah. oh, absolutely. That's, yeah. that's a absolutely, great man. show that anyone should watch. It's sort of like the proto guren Lagan. <laughs> so,
2: okay, lots probably, of hands coming up. Devon will more come to
3: you there. one at a time. <laughs> and this is all open floor, so you can ask us anything about anything, whether we talked about it or not.
10: Clifton, again. Um, uh, what was
3: the topic again? No, open you, we have an open forum right open now, questions. so whatever, whatever you want oh, to do. Okay. We're we'll
5: okay. finally the free forum, my friend.
10: <laughs> um, have you ever saw Ice shield 21? Yeah, I've seen yeah, it.
4: I actually watched up to I think about the mid 30s. Mid 30s?
10: Yeah. Like, do you think it, that's a good show?
4: Um, I do. Um, the problem is, it's just like following all those other Shonen shows coming out of Japan. If you miss a week or two, and you know your life goes on while you're waiting for people to um, translate them, even though I'm not advocating. You know, translating stuff, but you know, sometimes that's the only way we can see it. Um, It is good, but I mean, I'm—I've learned my lesson with shonen, so it's like I kind of wait till it's either a a few, a few, a fair amount of uh, seasons, so I can just kind of go through it, or just wait till it's completed. But I thought it was very good.
10: Antoine again. Um, I got um, one thing I do not uh, recommend uh, is. I should say Susia uh, Lushana. is that a good anime to watch, so, I mean, even though it has two seasons to it, though? What was that again? Susia Noshana.
4: I, I, I haven't seen the show, I haven't so, seen so it. I, yeah. I, I can't know. Know I I it couldn't it tell you.
10: Um The only question I have is, what do you think of them going... Um, well, the rumor is, at this point, that they're going back with, to the UC for the next Gundam series. We don't know if it's an OVA or a full series yet. They've only have only shown us a few artwork, but what do you think of them going back to that saga?
3: Well, it's not a rumor. I mean, they've, they've already announced that it's the, the project. They've shown off some of the character designs and uh, the Gundam that's going to be in the series. We just don't know all the details about it. But it's 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 not an if. It's it's a definite.
4: And, so, of course, we're happy to see, you know, going back to UC, because they have not been there since... What?
3: Since MS Igloo 2, two months ago?
4: Yeah, well, I'm talking, like, a, a, you oh, know Jewish more man, of, like, Nation. a regular series instead of, like, a spotlight. Non-CG. Like, yeah, non-CG, non-Nazi. Okay. Not a bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, Go ahead, yeah. change the guns. Uh, <laughs> uh,
7: now that's like the 30th anniversary, mm-hmm. uh, where do you guys see uh, Gundam going with the merchandise since you know, it's not exactly the model kits that are selling it now? Like the series?
3: Well, the model kits are definitely selling. I mean, there's a gazillion uh, model kits of 00, and I don't doubt over the next few years we'll be seeing a whole bunch of double-O master grade and probably at some point a perfect grade Exia or a perfect grade double-O. So merchandise is still king. I mean, Bandai makes so much money off of Gundam that they recently reorganized their entire company in Japan and they have a division that is just for Gundam. And they have a man who was in charge of Gundam who has the title of chief Gundam officer. That is how much of their revenue comes from Gundam. That is what
7: I want to be when I grow up.
3: Yes. Anybody, one day you could be the chief Gundam officer for Bandai. It's my dream. It could be yours, too. The
4: the CGO. The
7: CGO. uh, Just wondering, any of you guys have uh, ever heard, like, the the Gundam War card game, stuff like that?
3: I heard about it back in the day. It was big when, like, Wing came out and they were pushing that here, but I never... Not the
7: MS
2: uh, War, but the...
4: The other card game? Yeah. Yeah. I have a. I actually have a couple of packs of the cards, but I mean, I don't really play card games unless it's like 21. <laughs> <laughs> and I got a drink in my hand.
8: Hello again. What's up, um, doctor? Yeah, a, I have two things. Um, one, as far as the recommendations, I'll probably throw out Chikungkatai um, go, um, go Dinner.
3: Yes, that's yes. a great show. That yes. Means,
8: regardless of what you think, just by looking at the box set, I, I can understand. Woo, pretty.
3: <laughs> yeah, it has uber fan service, but uber there's also a really uber. deep story behind it. Very, yes. very
8: deep. Great music. But like, uh, the composer for Ma- the, the Mazinga- uh, Mazinger and all the um, Mazinger OVA's actually did the music for that one, too. So it sounds like a, a legit robot job. Anyway, um, and also my la- uh, question regarding Double um, O. Do you think that Saji is going to be the death of Luis?
3: <laughs> I think Ribbons is going to be the death of Luis. Yeah. <laughs>
5: I, I, I think some... So there's
3: remote control eyes. I, I, yeah. I,
5: I, think, I think they'll live, and I'm probably the only one that does. <laughs> well, when... Because you like weak-willed people. I, I, I do. Yeah. I do. And I will stand by them. I'm their advocate. I am as well get used to it.
4: The, cli- the cliches here, though, um, you know, long-lost uh, love um, issued large mobile armor... Uh, one of a kind and getting towards the end of the show so um
3: and and has GN cancer and is mentally controlled now by the chief villain so yeah. if we go by the Gundam clichés there she at the very least is doomed and possibly him yeah oh man next question what's your opinion
4: on the code yas like nightmare frames if you've ever seen it what's the our opinion, opinion, the opinion on them frames, um okay. I actually liked them, and i'll I'll tell you why because for you know a, a, and it's debatable with Kogias, uh, especially with the second season, it kind of kind of goes beyond the real robot after a while. It becomes more of a super robot, I think in a lot of ways. but I liked the way that the frames were a lot smaller. Uh, they reminded me, like, of those uh, armor strikes from, like, Blue Gender and stuff like that. They're mobile, but yet they're not mobile, and their, their mobility comes from, a lot of it comes from just wheels and, you know, being powered like that. You know, the ejection seats, I, I, I think they, I think it really was grounded a lot more into reality because it would make sense that a shorter version you would have on Earth as opposed to, like, a Gundam or any mobile suit or, like, even a Valkyries, which are, like, what, 16, 17, 18 meters tall. <laughs> um, you know, and I, the nightmare frames were, um, maybe about nine or 10. So, uh, yeah, so I, I, thought they I thought it was a great, um, a great design and, um, you know, was really grounded a lot in the reality it looks like something we could see in our, our time 50 years from now. So
3: I think, um, there were some great designs in the show. I like the Nightmare Frames from Season 1 more, you know, things like uh, the Sutherland, the the Gloucester, the Burai. um, And then in Season 2, it started to get just a little too fanciful and gaudy, particularly the designs used by the uh, Knights of the Rounds. (laughs) And they just started to get a little too gimmicky, and then towards the end when you get to... um, the Lancelot Albion. It's like just shooting like energy spam out of its wings. It's like, oh my God, is this the Strike Freedom Gundam? <laughs> you know, so... <laughs> and it's like, what, what happened to, to, you know, fighting on the ground? And it's like, everybody can fly now. It's like, oh, everybody's fighting over the ocean. It's Gundam Seed and Destiny all over again. <laughs> just shooting around and flying. So I was very glad at the end of the show when in the uh, final battle between Colin and Suzaku, they both ran out of energy and had to switch back to ground combat and kind of like brought the series back to where it started with, uh, you know, the Nightmare Frames and their land spinners. Uh, Silver, any comment on that before the next question?
5: Um, the Nightmare Frames, I was a big, I was a big fan of. I, I kind of want to seek out the models for them. I, I do agree with Chris, though. Things did get a little out of hand towards the end of the show, where they're flying everywhere. I kind of
3: like the fact that they were ground pounders. But um,
5: it's still cool. The designs of them were always intriguing. I love them. And um, I, I, that's all I got to say about that.
3: <laughs> and we're going to take just a handful of more questions, and then we will uh, give you what you've been waiting for, the prize giveaway of all of our delicious prizes. So next question, please.
11: Hi, yes, uh, Deborah again. Um, I just uh, wanted to ask you about the, the Gundam universe. Um, mm-hmm. There are so many um, series and, and, and movies and stuff. Uh, do you recommend a certain order to watch them in, or are some of them actually remakes of others?
4: None of them. There's are no remakes, remakes in the sense yeah. of,
3: you know, it's the same characters and the exact same situation. They're, you, you could sort of That's call basic. some remakes in the sense that they take the same situations yeah. and plot elements, but they're different characters. Mm-hmm. So you could call the first half of Gundam Seed, like, a semi remake of the original, but not quite. So there's really no remakes in Gundam. As far as places to start, you can't go wrong with the original. If you don't mind old animation, I'd suggest the movie trilogy. Uh, I would also suggest uh, Gundam X, uh, 00 on uh, TV right now, just ended on Sci-Fi. the first season. Those are all very good starting points uh, for entry into the Gundam universe. Uh,
4: Gundam Wing would be another one, Um, you know, but... Yeah, in, in terms of, because there's the main universe of UC and then there's alternate universes. If you go into the alternate universes, you should, you're should you not going to have a problem of being out of focus or, you know, missing anything with the story. But if you want to see what all the shows share in common with the original, like Chris said, you always want to go to the original um, MSG because it'll, um, you yeah, know, that's that's each show pretty much has their certain stereotypes and certain cliches that they have in there. So. Thank you. are awesome. very welcome.
3: And this will be our last question before we get to the prizes. So please, what's your question? What's up, guys? Um, I heard a rumor
9: about a third season of Code Geese. Is that true?
4: Um, we actually reported this in one of our earlier podcast shows. It was just kind of announced. Um, you know, we have a new segment and, and, It was just kind of announced that there's a future of Code Geass. uh, Third season of the story now. It pretty much sounds like they won't. And for all those that um, don't know... um, Oh, man.
3: man. Why did you do that? Dang, man. You had to spoil everything.
4: So, I'm sure most of the people have seen it. You know, that
3: show still is airing on Adult Swim. Doesn't matter. Dude, you're horrible. (laughs) Damn. We we on Gundam apologize for the crass <laughs> actions of Neo.
4: What but, is the uh, problem, dude? But um, yeah, they dude,
3: dude, that you pulled the me, man.
4: But um, but it's
3: good that people are waiting for prizes. Otherwise, they'd be throwing their they, rotten fruits and vegetables at you that they always have.
4: But uh, Watch yeah, back they back the they basically just uh, said that they're, It's from what it sounds like they'll probably visit the universe, but not the. Um, the show
3: was ridiculously popular, so there will be more. Yeah. yeah. They're gonna milk it. Call show! Sure, you believe that. Comment yeah. if that undoes what this guy said. <laughs> okay, so now that uh, that uh, Neo has single ruined the show, <laughs> uh, we'll get to what you've all been waiting for, which is our prize Prizes. giveaways. All right. And just to recap, we've got a Rebel Tech of the YF-19, mm-hmm. a DVD of uh, Maddox 01. It's um, classic Mecha OAV. Uh, 0091, the complete collection. It's got boobs. And three $10 gift certificates to uh, Florida Oriental Trading. They're inside the dealers room in aisle 400. You could use those certificates right now to walk away with something nice. Yep. So our lovely assistant Tanya has taken names of everybody who's been in here, and we're just going to like randomly grab a
4: uh, I'll spell the water.
3: a name. The
5: first one it will be for a um, the first three that we pull out will be for the Florida Oriental um, Trading um, gift certificates.
3: If someone has uh, given us their name and they've left, then we'll just draw again. The first one, uh, Dylan King, are you here? Dylan King. No. Okay. Sorry, Dylan. Andrew Ingram, are you here? No. What the hell? What the hell, Andrew?
4: Man. Jesus. Yeah, we took a break in the first segment and everybody thought it was like we were done.
3: Clifton Taylor, aka Road Rage Cliff. Oh, no. All right, come, come on first down. Guy. Good, baby. What's first up? This guy. Come on down. All right, who's next? We're, for another certificate? Yeah. No, for another certificate. Okay, uh, RJ Ronald Schaefer, are you here? Oh, no. Come on down. Come on down to the Press's Ride. Right. <laughs> here is your $10 certificate. All right. <laughs> that big money check. Okay, and another one <laughs> for the final, for for the the final certificate. certificate.
4: Final t- $10. And they're located in spaces 406 and 408 in row 400.
3: Okay, so. uh, Eddie Garcia, AKA Chains oh. and Guns. What? I knew you're here.
5: <laughs> this craziness. Right.
3: Next right prize is the Rebel Tech YF-19 from Macross Plus, that's, a delicious figure. That is so sexy. <laughs> okay, Leon Madison, are you here? Oh, man. Okay. That's Sorry, Leon. See, that's what happens when you leave, even after we told you you could have won stuff. <laughs> so, screw you all. Vito Galatro. Oh, no. All right. And he's one up on the you prize. one up to a Rebel Tech. <laughs> All right. And this prize is the Maddox 01 OAV from the 80s. If you like some classic Mecha, it's a one-shot OAV. Michael O'Hara is not here. (laughs) And he gets the tennis clap. Bueller. Bueller. Has anyone seen Bueller? James Froh. Is that what
4: it says here? Anybody named James? No.
3: Okay, he's not here either. Who's next? Bill Whipton's? these people are all losers at life. Joseph Escobar. Oh, man. Pablo, come on up. Right here. <laughs> all right, congratulations. He's ready for some chainsaw bayoneting. <laughs> and the last prize, the boobalicious uh, complete collection of 91 uh, so zero, zero nine one. It's got boobs.
4: Oh, women tend to.
3: Sometimes. Okay, uh, Nancy Quartermain. Oh no. <laughs> Here you go. Congratulations. And no more prizes to give, unfortunately. And, They're all gone. And uh, thank you for everyone who uh, participated, and congratulations to the winners. Before you all run away, thank you. Thank, thank you. for
5: Definitely thank you, thank you
3: all for coming. Uh, this better turn out than we expected. Um, if you want more information about most of the shows we've talked about, you can visit... Uh, our main website, mahq.net. If you want to download any of our past episodes, you can go to gundam.net. Right. If you want to discuss the show or um, the podcast, you can go to our official forums, mechatalk.net. If you're a technology hipster on the go and you want to follow our goings about, you can check out our Twitter feed. That's uh, twitter.com slash and uh, if you have any other questions that we'll be sticking around for a few minutes and you've been listening to Gundam at MAHQ at Megacon
2: it is
1: Harlock he's really here Harlock has just shown himself to the public I have you surrounded you aren't going to escape this one You're under arrest, Harlock!
12: I want to know one thing. Are you here because you're following the will of others? Or are you here
1: on your own will? You think that there's no way that I choose to come, right? It's true that there are people out there who still quiver just at the sound of your name. But we no longer live in an era where the majority of humans are all cowards. I'll have you know that I, for one, came here not because I was told to, but because I wanted to.
12: I see. <laughs>
11: oh. Then you must have been prepared for the worst.
4: Gundam at MHQ is a Shinjuku station in the MHQ production.
1: That, you prick. Sorry. No, don't just be sorry. Think for one f- second. I dropped a peanut M&M and it rolled over here. Am I going to walk around and rip your f- lights down in the middle of a scene? Those are Christmas lights. I put them up to make everyone happy. Then why the f- are you walking right through uh, like this in the background? What the f- is it with you? Well, you were going to owe a fortune to the swear jar. You got any f- idea about, hey, it's... F- Distracting having somebody walking up behind Bryce in the middle of the f- scene. Give me a f- answer. I, I don't get it. What don't you get about it? I, I don't get why we need another Terminator. I just, I, I don't, I don't get it. it oh, and uh, by the way, sorry, I, 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 ate that last piece of pie that you were saving for yourself. Oh, good for you. And how was it? It was good. I hope it was f- good because it's useless now, isn't it? Well, it's nourishing me, so that's, that's useful. Shake, man, you're amateur. I don't know that word. Stay off the f- set, man. Right, let's go again. Can we just take a minute? No, let's not take a f- minute. Let's go again! I gotta go pee, and I wanna walk around some more, but I wanna do it while a scene's going. You're unbelievable, man. You know, I, I just don't understand... Ah, what- uh, you don't f- understand what it's like working with actors. That's what that is. I don't, I don't think that's what that that's is. That's what that is, man, I'm telling you. Hey, my family's coming to town. Do you mind pretending that I'm the director? I wanna f***ing kick your f- you don't please, shut please up don't, for a uh, second, Please all right? don't hurt me, Mr. Bale. I'm gonna go. Do you want me to go f- trash your lights? No. Do you want me to f- trash them? No, I don't want you to trash them. You do it one more f- time. And i ain't not walking on this set if you're still hired. Sorry, it's my first day. I'm f- serious. You're a nice guy. You're a nice guy. I don't feel like a nice guy. But I don't f- cut it when you f- around like this on set. Geez, you punch your mother with that mouth? Seriously, man, you and me, we're unprofessionally. F- Wait, just professionally?
2: <gasps> Are you asking me out on a date?